Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Quick Resume, episode 47. Uh, we've got a heck of a lot to speak about today. Um, we hope you missed us as we weren't here last week due to some sickness on my end um but today we're going to be talking about a lot of things we're going to be talking about xbox outselling the playstation 5 uh, for the first time yeah i think it was in europe in a long time we're going to be talking about a possible new halo mode perfect dark what's happening there everybody's leaving what's going on uh, the initiative that is there's overwatch news is there new xbox hardware it goes on and on quite frankly um my name's deck that's tim over Hello. there and um and we're the quick review podcast if you haven't been here before so um we'll start with our little check-in timmy timmy with me how are we uh yeah good man good 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 um yeah it's a shame we missed last week but um i feel like we've we've missed uh we've we've both managed to delay an episode or two due to illness now um because i think i did it not that long ago but you know that sort of stuff just gets in the way I'm surprised. I'm surprised I didn't have COVID because I had like all of the symptoms for it. Um, I had like the fever. I had like a cough. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wasn't so much like breathless, and I could still smell stuff, so that was good. Um, but like, I had everything else, and I was like, oh, this is for sure COVID. It just wasn't, and it lasted like two weeks. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Ideal. I mean, my, I had something quite similar where I started off with like fever symptoms, and I was like sweating out and yeah. all that sort of stuff, and then it kind of just developed into like just a cough, blocked nose, sort of cold, sort of thing, and then I had a cough for like for like almost a month or something so maybe we had something quite similar it's just this sort of bug going around and you just caught like right right the end of it or something but but yeah yeah it might have been it's quite funny because i'm like as i do some of my work over um like most of it i do over the phone but some clients like to do the do therapy over face to uh like you know over video chat and um like some of them I'd be like absolutely fine and then we'd hit like the 15 minute mark of like a half an hour session and I'd just like profusely start swaying and I'd be like can I like turn my resolution down yeah. or something like on the low yeah. so they don't see I'm swaying yeah that, that, that is kind of rough <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah better than working in person though I suppose. yeah true true that true that but hey thank god it wasn't COVID so you know you did it man I think I'd have preferred COVID to be honest it, it was it was really rough yeah. like I, the one time I've had it allegedly um because my test never came back it was like i got a mixed result but my partner had it so it like it must have been um it wasn't bad like it was really just fine like yeah it was like a cold but a bit of achiness lasted about four or five days yeah so i think that must have been like omicron yeah um, well i just little bitch omicron. i just think that's just covid these days now with 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 everyone being triple vaxxed and stuff like that i think when you catch it especially at our age i just think it's just sort of like you just shrug it off as like a bad cold these days or like just a regular cold. Um, well, maybe, uh, but supposedly the newer variants aren't, aren't as bad yeah. as the, the original ones. Yeah. Are they? yeah, so, not, yeah. But Delta. Right. I even think even if you managed to catch an original with everything, I still don't think it'd be as bad as it, it was as if you were to catch it with no vaccines or antibodies. In hopefully body, not. So, um, yeah, hopefully not. But yeah, yeah. 
Um, but apart from that, you know, uh, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, nothing, nothing too much has changed in my life. Uh, standard sort of work stuff and Elden Ring, really. Um, I haven't really been uh, doing too much else, to be honest. Did we? I'm trying to think if we did boot up another game. No, we we were thinking about potentially doing like an, another like Among Us party game night, weren't we? But I don't think that ever happened. Um, no, it never happened in the end. Yeah, I just wanted to um because you know I just get though, and you play like I've been playing like a lot of solo Elder Ring. I'm like, kind of want to play something else. And I like I almost jumped jumped on Apex yesterday after like you went off, but everyone else went off as well. I was like, I was very tempted just for the sake of like yeah you know, yeah because it's. Playing with some friends. Exactly. As good as Honoring is, it's a masterpiece. 10 out of 10. Freaking love the game. But like, you know, you, there are other itches that you need to scratch. You know, sometimes you just want to play a multiplayer game. Sometimes you just want to just shoot stuff and just mess around. And um, I have to admit, yeah, we uh, I played Apex the other night with a couple of mates. I think it was last night or during the day or something. And yeah, it was fun. It was fun just to hop on and just do something else. Just sort of play an FPS instead of a third person sort of rpg um it's a nice change of pace um but yeah apart from that i very almost got our friends on halo very really? almost didn't quite get there but it's very that close is, yeah <laughs> i mean you're definitely not gonna get Caden on but you you might you might get other people on um i, I think I, he was the closest really know? he brought it up that's really yeah. interesting because he's outright said that even in its prime and when he was doing the battle pass he never really liked it I don't think he ever finished the battle pass. Like genuinely, I think he only got to like sixty, and he just stopped playing and said he wasn't having fun. So, yeah, how weird. Get good, get good. But yeah, um, but yeah, that, that's no, about but, it um, from me. Same. What about you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no real changes on my end. I've just been playing a whole lot of Elden Ring. I'm like nearly. I'm like nearly at the end. I've been like, it's, it's been annoying. I haven't been able to. Um, like exercise as much as I have wanted to because I've been sick. So I've just had like extra time on my hands to just been playing um uh to play Elden Ring and I'm like, yeah, I'm coming up to the end now. I'm like soul level 150 or something. Mm-hmm. Um wow. and I uh yeah. I having a having a fantastic time with it. Uh as, as everybody's already said. Not nothing new really to add. Um the only thing I will add, I think maybe is that i haven't really I'm, I'm sure some of the community is speaking about it but i i i'm a bit salty that they butchered invasions a little bit yeah i think they made up for it really well with there being like a lot of npc invasions but like mm-hmm. it's a bit sucky that when i like because you can buy the rings and i have them on at all times just so like i you know i can get summoned into other worlds but when that happens it's always a three-on-one so for anybody who doesn't know um in other souls games you uh you could um summon no sorry you could invade as long uh, as long as you and the person you were trying to invade was uh like not hollow like what's what's the front what's the term uh, for embered embered yeah so there'd be like a, consu- a consumable you would use to give yourself more health and you'd have like a that that would be your like full form, yeah. and if you die, you'd lose that mm-hmm. form, and you'd have less health. And when you were in that full form, you could be yeah. invaded. That was like essentially, you know, the channels were open. Yeah. Um, so that was always the risk reward of using that item. In this game, uh, in Elden Ring, you can only be invaded if you have um, if you already have someone else in your world. The only exception to that is if you've used the Taunter's Tongue, yeah. which is like an item that says. 
Invade me if you want, which yeah. is like, why is anyone ever going to do that unless they're just, you know, wanting to BVP? Yeah. So it does take away a bit of tension in that you don't get as many NPC invasions. Uh, no, sorry, player invasions. And also you can't invade because there are so many times I'm summoned in, I get summoned in with a ring. I'm like, let's go. And like, before I even find anyone, they're dead because it's like a three on one. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's, well, like, what was the point of that? It seems very one sided. Um, I, I, I think even without the rings that you're talking about, where it's like, um, essentially what this ring is that you can purchase is, um, if, if you're just playing solo, Dex just playing solo, and I'm playing with another friend, one of our friends, whatever, we're two player, I get invaded for whatever reason. Um, De- if deck is nearby or is a relatively similar level i don't know how it works but he basically just gets pulled in because it says another player's in trouble and he gets automatically pulled into the world and that's what creates this three on one uh that he's talking about but aside from that yeah. even if you're not wearing the ring best case scenario is an invader you're kind of looking at a 2v1 and which is still unfair um in my opinion because as an invader you have yeah. less estus flasks um all that sort of stuff, you know, where the host has like 10 or whatever, or however many he has, you only come in with like three or yeah. something like that. Um, Same amount you would as if you were a summoner. Yeah. yeah, and like, sure, you know, you can play it smart as an invader, you know, you can use the, you can like hide out in like a, a an enemy um, lucrative part, you know, where you can use the the enemies on the map, the, the non-player controls and stuff like that to help you... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we just got cut off, but I'll try. We and, did. I'll... <laughs> we'll pick up from there. Um, yeah, no. What basically what I was saying is, it just seems unfair for the invader, right? Uh, best case scenario, you're looking at two v one with less health, less mana, all that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, it just seems a bit harsh because in previous Souls games, you had this this sort of there were loads of ways to do invasion for a start, and maybe we haven't unlocked all of them. Maybe there is like a specific area that's dedicated to PvP, you know, kind of like the wolf. I think it was called like the Wolf Darren Keep or something in Dark Souls 3. Um yeah. and it was like a specific area where people just put down their signs, you had 1v1s, you know, maybe that's a thing in this game. Um but as of now, it just seems it just seems a bit un- unbalanced. It seems a bit unfair. <laughs> anyone wanting to partake in pvp there's no like honorable 1v1s anymore and stuff like that Um, well you you can just you can just put like blood signs down you know for for invasions and people can summon you in and there are like summoning pools around the place so you you can do like those honorable and there are you know it it shows you on the map where the hotspots are so i don't think that's a problem i think the game loses the tension of like sudden invasions you know yeah and that fear of oh fuck you know i'm carrying 30k and i'm by myself where's this invader you know i'm i'm always there with you sort of thing and it's just like most of the time when we're actually playing co-op we find it we 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 call it just like the rune cheese like we just pop a taunter we just pop a taunter's tongue every single time because we want people to invade us because it's an easy kill i don't think we've ever been wiped by an invader and we get whatever souls that guy's invading with and it happened one time what do you mean? Some mentalist with a lost. dagger. Yeah, he just parried us and one shot us both. <laughs> that was oh, it. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. But for the most part, it's just free runes. It's just like, sweet, yeah. I just got like 10k from that guy or 20k from that guy because he might be a really high level and he's just invading with whatever souls he has on him. Uh, a rune, sorry. Um, and yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I think they could have done it better. And I think it's something they actually might tweak. Um, if I'm honest, Maybe. I think it's something they, they they might patch. 
um, because that's such a core part of Dark Souls. Um, it's this this invasion mechanic has been there since day one. Um, it's 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 what it's kind of what helped sort of launch it off as an RPG as well. It was the first of its kind to just be like like this is a seriously hard RPG, so it lures players in. But it was also just this new mechanic of never feeling safe and like another player coming into your world and screwing you over. No other game did that before. So I'd like to think they don't want to tarnish their roots. I do think, um, I do think they'll, yeah, yeah. You like that. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I do. I do think they'll tweak it. Um, if I'm honest, but yeah, hopefully, um, because I mean, maybe it was part of the whole, like, like, you know, like the accessibility mantra that they, we're like going for, but I still because you know there there are like loads of people who haven't even got past Margaret yet, sort of thing. So and maybe they yeah. just felt you know actually slowing those people down more. But then I just feel at the same time like when I got like because you don't get like the great runes until like quite a bit into the game, you know, like maybe 30 percent mm. into the game. And I just feel like that would have been a good opportunity to be like when you pop a great rune, you can be invaded. Um, yeah, because then it kind of adds that layer of pressure without you know the previous souls where it was like you're going to permanently lose like up to 50% of your health if you keep dying. Um, yeah. It's yeah. just like, you're going to lose that extra buff that you have and you only have limited rune arc. So like you are on a resource here, you know, there's, there's, there's good, good tension. Um, yeah, it's a good shout. But then that just isn't a thing. Um, and like the thing with the taunter's tongue as well is like, so, like not only does it invite other players in, it, it exceeds the cap for the amount of people allowed in one world. So usually I think it's like, uh, I think it's four total can come in, like three summoners and one invader, but Taunter's Tongue takes it up to like six, so you can have like three invaders, three summoners. It's never happened. Oh, really? Yeah, it's That'd never happened. That'd be crazy. But, yeah. and I, th- I think because the game is so big, it it get, it's extra, uh, it, it's like damaged, like more so because of that, if you know what I mean, because like it, it would have been, I think this would have been one of the better games to have like open invasions in simply because there are so many graces. You know, it's not mm. like in previous Souls games, there are times which was horseshit where you would like die and get, you'd have to run through like a 10 minute dungeon before you get, and like getting invaded on that mm. and dying and getting sent that far back was painful. But because there are so yeah. many graces, you have a like torrent to, for like mobility and, and stuff like that. I, I don't feel like it would have been nearly as punishing if you did get invaded and die, it, it would create a bit of an experience. Um, so yeah. yeah, whatever. We'll see how it goes. But that, that's as the game's gone on, it's one. It's one of the only things that I feel like has been missing. Um, yeah. yeah. I also think the Taunter's Tongue might improve as time goes on. People complete the game and people dedicate a bit more time to PvP, and then you might see triple invasions and stuff like that. But I think people are still just playing the game right now, and like PvP isn't top of their list. Yeah. Um, so like you might find people actively trying to invade worlds more once they've you know they completed their pv they've scratched that pvp itch um uh, pve itch sorry um so yeah i don't know yeah it's one of those things it's really hard to tell we're still so early in the game's life cycle and when it's a game like this like the life cycle of this game it it seems infinite it's gonna have a long tail exactly it's so hard to tell just quite how like the pvp meta will sort of settle um but just based on first impressions, I think we can both agree it seems a bit, yeah, it seems a bit unbalanced. Um, unless you're super mace cracked, and kudos to man with shield and dagger who fucked <laughs> us over. Like yeah. wherever you are, like, like, I, was, I, I wasn't even, yeah, I wasn't even mad. Like when it happened, I was literally just like, 
well, I think we called him like a no life, but like I was literally just like, <laughs> just yeah, the heat of the moment. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of sick. Yeah, that's just some gamer rage, man. Like, I didn't yeah, mean exactly. it. We're bros. We're I'm fucking like, no life. Rage. Good shit, man. Yeah, really yeah. good shit. Well done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pint? Yeah. yeah. Pint? Piece of shit. I'm punching the nose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and of course there was um, there was an update as well. I don't want to linger on this too long, but like there was an update as well. I just wanted to ask if there was anything in that that, that like caught your eye um, for the one point zero three. I think it was. I saw that they like well, they made some balance changes and stuff like that, which seemed a bit quick in my opinion. Um, but hey ho, maybe that stuff that was kind of broken. I never actually tested it. Uh, I saw they added something like a new NPC or something, or like a quest line. Uh, yeah, like, that's I remember they, reading they... that. That's kind of cool. They added, they they updated quest lines for like two NPCs, and they added like four new NPCs or something. Oh no, was yeah. it one more? I can't remember. It was. I, th- I think it was yeah. one more. Yeah, something like that. And, and I I honestly think because they didn't say anything about this, I think this was like didn't make it into the finished product. I don't know. Maybe I don't think this is ongoing storytelling. Dark Souls, you know, from Soft, you know, I. I think this is like didn't quite make the final cut, but the game is so fucking big, no one's gonna notice. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and they added it's still kind of cool well on the map pins. Yeah, for um, NPCs, you can see where they are on the map now. It will show you on the like there's little oh. pins. Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah. interesting. I know you idea. can't like you can't like filter them, but they're just there automatically. You don't pop them down. Like you'll just hold, you'll just be a little square. They'll say like there's a merchant oh. here, or you know, e.g. the blacksmith or the bar. So, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, not normally most of them are near a grace anyway, but that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I actually quite like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty cool update to be honest. Like, it, for for them to pump that out so quick and make quality of life changes so quickly, um, and you know, regardless of whether or not they just forgot to add that NPC in those quest lines at the beginning of the game, they still pumped it in nice and quick. Um, yeah, man. Like, I kind of respect it. I think that's a pretty cool update. I mean, yeah, it no took video. us all. I mean, fucking three four three could learn a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. Four months to get a freaking five months to get a roadmap. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no, it's 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 a cool update from what from what I can tell, and it's a good yeah. good sign of things to come. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll have to see how the game evolves. Still going. Um, I'm I'm honestly kind of. Uh, I, the thing is, I have more to play, but it's like more like different games that I want to play, whether it's like Tunic or Guardians of the Galaxy or Weird West or whatever. But like, I'm kind of like, mm. I kind of want to start a new game. Like, like I want, I want to get into New Game Plus so I can like respec and do something different. Um, yeah. It's just like it's just the nature of the of Elden Ring because you like you get to the end of these games and you go through your inventory and you're like, I have like. 50 weapons 90 spells mm. <laughs> like 40 ashes of war i could do so much here yeah, yeah. So. i mean yeah yeah. you definitely shouldn't feel like guilty about any of that sort of stuff i mean think how many times we respect in like dark souls 2 and 3 and stuff like that it's crazy we did it so much um it just it just helps keep the game fresh um for sure yeah awesome yeah. and i guess i should say as well uh, before we sort of um jump into all the honorable mentions uh is that uh boardland is out this week (laughs) i I totally forgot yeah uh what wonderland that is um so i mean we'll we'll be playing that um we'll talk about it a bit next week um on the podcast but um from what i've seen i'm I'm feeling quite good about it it's um it's been catching my eye more and more i've been seeing it it looks like it has the shooting of borderlands 3 which is awesome um and then it obviously has the, the 
the wackiness um, from Tiny Tina's uh, DLC in, in Borderlands 2. Um, yeah. And like this extra sprinkling of like the whole creator character, guns and magic, man. Those two things cool. need to be together like in more games. <laughs> guns yeah, and magic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I actually forgot that was coming out. Um, so w- w- when is that? Is that Tuesday? I assume it's, it's Friday. Tuesday. I think Friday. Spicy. Nice. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and it's not a full price game, if I'm correct. It's like a thirty eight pound game or something. I think. I don't know actually. Yeah, I, I, I assumed it was I, full price, but I don't. I don't. I don't think it's full price. Um, I'm going to double check that while we while we talk. Um, Do it. I put Tina's Tina's Wonderland. That's Tiny good. Tina's. Yeah, I'm quite neat because I think there are like six classes, and you like. I don't know if you just pick one or if you mix two together. I really can't. I, I'm I'm not totally sure, and it's probably my fault for just being ignorant to it. But like how it works. But there's like I know there's six classes, <laughs> which is like quite a lot to like start this sort of game off on, like with his own skill tree and everything. So I, I think it's quite cool. Yeah, I mean there was what four Borderlands three. You had Flack. You had. Zane, you had Mose, you had yeah. Amara. And then they That's made it. the decision to not make any more characters, which is just... Still think that was a bad decision. Like, sure, I'll take a skill tree. Uh, I think we went back for the skill trees, and I think they were kind of cool, but like, it's just not the same as a new character. Like, I had so much fun with Krieg, and I had so much fun with um, Death Trap, uh, whatever her name was. What was her name? I think it was... Gage. Just, yeah. Gage, that's it. Um... Uh, yeah they, they were fucking great man um and it's just new personalities it's new voice lines and stuff like that you know that yeah, sort of stuff it. seems it seems small in the scheme of things but when you play a game like that for a long time like we did just having new voice lines and new character models it really makes a difference to just how you run through the game yeah exactly um, and like i think it was one of the things we said back at the time is like if you're just adding a new skill tree like in terms of what i have to do i literally just go to a respec station and I'm done. Yeah. I look through all the skis. Like, oh, yeah. that sounds cool. Brrr, done. And then I play around yeah. with it for a few hours and I'm like, okay, well, I guess the novelty is now worn off. Whereas a new character, you start the game again, you go, you, you hear all the new voice lines and you dialogue with your interactions. You, 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 you know, you go through that scale of yeah. common to legendary weapons and you like go through that whole, and you just don't get that with yeah. skill trees. And so, you like pick a skill tree and you level it up and then, and then you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. But then you're like, Oh, you know, I actually kind of like the look of the red tree now or the blue tree. So then you go to a respect station and you try that, you know, like, yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, sure, it's more work. You're, it's so much more work. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think it it pays off more than, than just... Um, than just adding a skill tree to existing characters. But, right. Yeah. And I, yeah, exactly. And I, I think, like, I... I it, it it does I think in my eyes it like does like harm the long term health of the game but like more so it's because I wanted to come I lo- I want to come back to these games like in a year two years time and there's like four new characters you know coming back one at a time you know maybe but like oh here's like the you know deluxe or free update whatever it is and there's four new characters you get all your friends in you say look oh look we can all pick a new character go from scratch experience all the new DLC you know and that that's like a whole thing. Like just adding mm. new skill trees doesn't give you that same effect, so that that's yeah, yeah. It like it's fine in concept. I like the idea of adding new skill trees. I wouldn't prioritize it over new characters. I guess is where I would leave that. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. So yeah, yeah. I'm 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 looking forward to Tiny Tina's because I feel like it's going to scratch that Borderlands three itch. That it just I don't know. They, they they just didn't it didn't quite complete it for me. Borderlands three. It was a good experience, but I don't think it quite 
yeah, I don't think it quite uh, succeeded as much as I would have liked in my eyes. Um, but yeah, so I thought, oh, yeah, three, yeah, three, three was brilliant. Um, but I mean, I, I've always, I, I always said, I don't, I don't think it was going to be able to capture the same lightning in a bottle that Borderlands Two had. And then it came out, and it was like the first like proper looter shooter. Now it's like. You know, part a lot of Borderlands 3's marketing was like, oh, you know, it's not games as a service, even though it kind of is, because uh, that line is so blurry. Um, and but and it so it was like we're going to be traditional, like traditional, like release the game one and done. But that's kind of like, well, like I'm done now, I guess. Like I just, like I played this back in 2013, but now it shoots better and has better graphics. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, yeah. and that's fine, but it doesn't hook you for like, you know, a long, long time, which is also fine, but it's just like, that's what I mean when I'm saying Borderlands 2 is the lightning in a bottle of like, at the time it was so gripping and it was the first to sort of push that looter shooter in its own direction, um, yeah. which three just couldn't replicate because they were, they already did it with two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was, it was hard, hard steps to follow in, but yeah, I exactly. still think they, 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 they did a good job. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely excited for Wonderland. Um, it'll be a nice palate cleanser, I think, for um, from Elden Ring. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you find the you were, you were looking something up online? Did you find the date? Was it the date? Oh no, no, it wasn't the date. No, it was the price. And yes, it's full price. Full price oh, game. Nice. Okay. Which still scares me to look and see sixty five pounds for a game. Mm, yeah. <sighs> That's it's a been lot. A, it's a lot of dough. It's a lot. Of well, dough, it, it's been a whole thing as well because since the Harry Potter, the Hogwarts Legacy game, which we'll come around to, um, has been announced, that's been announced as a, as a seventy pound game. And obviously on Xbox, first party games haven't been uh, that that price. Even like Forza Horizon, obviously Halo, uh, just the campaign yeah. wasn't either. So for for the, on the Xbox console, that's very alien. And there's been a lot of back and forth of people saying that oh well this is playstation's fault for like you know raising that up and everybody's just following suit which is like yeah. I, I kind of i i get it i kind of feel it's pointless to point fingers because like someone would have done it eventually um nonetheless yeah the outcome is that yeah it is a lot of money um mm. everybody needs to be doing game share save yourself <laughs> find yourself yeah. a friend even if it's i think there, there are like whole subreddits and like like dedicated to just like finding a rando online and just sharing game libraries so have a look online yeah, if you're but... not already if you're gonna do that, be be cautious, um, because obviously they can sign in, they can sign into your account, and they can buy things on your card and stuff like that. Really, do do a background check if you're doing that sort of stuff. You can set passwords yeah. and everything, but yeah, be safe. Yeah, obviously. Yes. Be sensible. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna do it with a stranger, yeah, set set a password, set a security question for making purchases, um, and stuff like that. But yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do recommend doing it. it saves you money. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well let's let's move on to some of the honourable mentions then. Um before we sort of get into like the bits and bobs of the news that have happened over the last two weeks. So uh, sorry, you know, some of this might be uh, old news to some of you guys, but you haven't heard the quick resume take on it. So that's you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's worth sticking around for. Very cool. The, <laughs> the first thing which I, I didn't want to include as a uh, as a whole news story was just the, the PlayStation state of play that happened last week. Uh, obviously Hogwarts Legacy was a state of play this week, so they've had like two back to backs. Um, but they had like a mini state of play, which everybody was getting very excited about. And then the day before they were like, <clears throat> join us for like 20 minutes of like, you know, what's happening in 22, mostly from yeah. our Japanese partner, which partners. And everybody was like, okay, <laughs> like expectations are in check. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Japanese partners that for some reason wasn't anything Final Fantasy related. <clears throat> Tim, it was, it was abysmal. 
yeah, and I'm yeah, not. I don't I, think I, I'm just saying that. Yeah, I don't think I'm just saying that. I watched it. It was it was horrible. It was true. I don't think, yeah, yeah. Based on what you told me, I never actually watched it. Like, I, I, don't. I, I watched, I watched the recent like, like Hogwarts one, of course. But like, yeah, I didn't go back and watch that because you were literally just like, it was, it was trash, dude. And then I was reading like the comments online and stuff like that, and people were just like, they didn't even talk about Final Fantasy, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna watch this shit. Like, like they didn't even mention Final Fantasy 16. I, I think that's kind of weird, but I you know that game seems. I don't even know if it's happening, like genuinely. <laughs> yeah, so weird. So saving it for the bigger showcase, I guess. Um, I mean, they teased us that with like actual bits of gameplay. As little as you saw, a little bit of gameplay. How long ago was that? That was such a long time ago. That was like yeah. three, four years ago now. Crazy. Whoa, whoa, no, maybe not that long. I think it was a few years. A was couple. It, was of it years. not just last year? <laughs> nah, 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 nah. It was the year before, at least. At so least. Do you think twenty twenty? I think it was 2023. Maybe. What? <laughs> you think it I was shown happen. in 2023? <laughs> no, 2020 E3. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not just... I'm not the just... was spinning in yeah. my head like, have I missed something? Yeah. Is he a time traveller? <laughs> no. I'm not a time traveller. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah, that 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 maybe sounds right. Um, but that that would be, that would have been just before the release of the consoles, right? So I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, I think so. Yeah, it was something like that. But yeah, it was a long time ago. Anyway, yeah, it was crap. Yeah, it, it was crap, and like, um, I, I I'm hesitant. So one of the things they showed here, they like showed off, uh, you know, like a I don't even know if it was an exclusive. Actually, I don't think it even was, but they showed off like a a Capcom game and then there were dinosaurs and everybody was like, wow, we've been asking for a dino crisis. This is it. Obviously made by Capcom. Um, and then dinosaurs wow. fell out of a portal in the sky. And then like, there were like dinosaurs time traveling. And then there were like anime characters. And then it was That's not good dino so crisis. It was, it was a game called Exo primal, which is by the way, is a shit name. I hate that name. I don't know why. I just, I just really don't like that name. It's very it's boring, Japanese, isn't it? isn't it? What does it mean? Exo primal. What does that mean? You can't just, put together cool sounding words and expect me to like it's like it's like you know razors you know like like the gillette power force turbo ultra spiral shredder and it's like what what does that do (laughs) shaves your face just like the normal one yeah it's it's literally just a knife uh yeah anyway it's i it looked shit frankly i thought it looked dreadful out in 2023 i showed some more ghostwire tokyo uh, there were some previews for that, which are sounding pretty good. That comes out uh, at the end of the... Oh, it comes out this week. Um, so reviews yeah. aren't up yet, but I'm... If I had to guess, I would say low 80s. I would say like... Okay. 80, 82, yeah. I think. I have to admit, I think, I think leading up to recent press and recent previews, I would have said probably mid, mid-80s. I would have probably put it at like 86, 87 maybe. But now, yeah, I'm probably thinking around the 82 mark, maybe something like that, um, yeah. which is still obviously fantastic. Like that's an amazing score, um, and I think that game artistically is one of the coolest looking games I have ever seen. Period. Yeah. Like yeah. I love the look of that game, the enemy designs, like the magic, like all like the hand signs when he's like casting shit. Oh my god, it looks so great. Yeah, it does. Um, the animation obviously very, that's very nice. that's not everything. 
you know yeah so i yeah i agree so um hopefully we'll have some more to talk about for that next week as well um spoke a bit more about forspoken gundam evolution which is like i don't even know what people talk about gundam and i know that's like robots like transformers sort of stuff but big boy robots yeah i and it looked just exactly like overwatch it was an overwatch clone but with robots it was mental really um sounds quite a TMNT collection edition with like loads of retro games. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, they showed like a Returnal update um, with with co-op, which I thought was actually quite cool. Like a given that death. Uh, oh. What's it called? Returnal is a roguelike. Roguelike. I like the idea of co-op roguelikes. I, I, I like that idea quite a lot. Uh, yeah, and like, like Risk a, of Rain was great. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I think that's there's quite a novel area there which i don't think is being explored very much at the moment yeah um uh and then something called the Diafield chronicle which was like a square enix like exclusive and something called valkyrie elysium also and it was like it was like they they <laughs> went into the cabinets in square enix and they're like fuck like playstation have, are paying us to show something and they like got out a chisel and scraped something out from the bottom of the cabinets and they just threw that code at the screen it looked wow. so bad i mean actually just, maybe i feel a bit harsh maybe it, but people, it, people's it, art it, <laughs> Chill out. It, it was a functional game it looked like an game it looked like an game but it, it like so you're talking about valkyrie yeah both of, Valkyrie game. Both oh, of them okay, both just of looked them. really like uninspired. It was like fucking giggly Japanese like anime girls running around doing magic. What? That's amazing. <laughs> and what's wrong with you? Anyway, you, you can watch the trailers yourself. Wouldn't wouldn't recommend uh two out of yeah, ten. I no, three out of ten. Trailers. Watch the three trailers with a box of tissues. <laughs> Uh, they've got the format down though playstation at the state of play they do have the format down really good it's there's like it's very much like uh, nintendo direct they're like and now we're gonna do blah blah blah, and they show it and i hope you liked that now moving and they show the next thing and it's um they do have the format down so i won't give them that but the actual content was disgusting sorry not for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's just put it that way it's something absolutely (laughs) disgusting let's just say not for me (laughs) it was putrid it was absolutely putrid (laughs) Uh, okay well wind your neck in so for the second state of play they showed harry potter thoughts have you did you see the showcase the the... i did yeah Yeah, okay what'd you you think i really like the look of it i thought it looked really really good um i i say really really good like it didn't blow my socks off but i do think it looks very good i think it looks like a great single player experience um i feel like everyone's always wanted to walk in the shoes of a student at hogwarts and the whole like create your own character you can make it look like you all that sort of stuff's fucking super cool um you know when i saw all that sort of stuff and like the sorting hat and everything i was just getting flashbacks when i was a kid yeah that's great yeah exactly and i think like they've from from what I could tell in terms of environment, I was quite scared that it might just sort of only be Hogwarts and stuff like that. But from what I can see, there seems like a decent variety of like exploration and environments and stuff like that. Like the forests around Hogwarts, so there's like towns nearby, um, and obviously you can like fly to them, do all this shit. There's like dungeons and secrets hidden everywhere. But like, I don't know. Again, I think I was a bit more 
I think I would have been more excited with it if I haven't if I'm not playing Elden Ring right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but like Elden you. Ring's just spoiled me in terms of exploration and stuff like that. So that was a bit whelming for me. It didn't blow my mind, but um, I really liked the the combat. I thought it looked really cool. It was quite um, action like action RPG, wasn't it? It was like. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was yeah. quite surprised. Like air combat. I was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like, are you like, air juggling yeah. people with your wand?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah, just fucking air, <laughs> like, yeah, like corner, corner bouncing corner people. Joke. Yeah, <laughs> corner bouncing. Anti air. Yeah. Um, but it it looked the the combat is actually kind of what did it for me. I thought it looked really cool, and like the whole like animations of like your wizard look like really cool. Like they were quite stylish and. It wasn't just you were just like pointing a wand and being like die yeah. die die die. It was very like swish and flick, you know. It was pretty cool. Oh, um, <laughs> and what what else was I going to say? I was literally going to say something about it, but um, I forgot. Oh, sorry, man. Um, okay, well, you interrupt me if it comes back. Um, yeah. I agree. I agree. I watched it and I was like, this is cool. I like very much liked it atmospherically and aesthetically, and I was like, yeah. Like in concept, like this is what you want from a Harry Potter game. This is what you want. You want to be your own wizard. You want to fucking explore the, you know, you want to explore Hogwarts and go on like fun adventures. But I like I wasn't like nothing about it was like blowing me away. Like I was like this, and, like, and even like like graphically, it looked like kind of fine. Like I don't know. Like I think the like the direction of it looked good, but a lot of the I don't know. A lot of it looked kind of flat to me. Like I don't know if it was just. Um, the stream and maybe I need to watch it again in 4k but like mm. it didn't look graphically impressed and it is still like a cross-gen game so like maybe that's why you know considering uh, when it comes out at the end of the year that will be two years into the life cycle now of the consoles and it's still going to be cross-gen so yeah maybe mm. it's just that but yeah I, I liked the idea of it um and I think it looked good, but I'm not like mega excited for it. And I think along with the lines of what you're saying, what is really going to ham- like damage this game for me, like in terms of any chance of me playing it, is the fact that we had Elden Ring now and it's coming out holiday 2022. Do you know what else comes out holiday 2022? Starfield. <laughs> and if I'm picking between those two... I'm playing Starfield, so yeah. that's my other problem. Um, unless Starfield like yeah. really bombs and Hogwarts really shines, that that's um, the only the only uh, sort of outcome I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, when you compare it, yeah, I I, I would pick up Starfield over this as well. Um, and I would have liked to seen some co-op in it as well. I would have liked to be able to run around and do some. stuff. I was surprised. With- with friends and stuff I like was that. really surprised that there was um, no carb in this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We shouldn't be surprised. But like I I don't know, like I want co-op, but then when I when I imagine co-op, there's a part of me that also thinks, yeah, maybe that wouldn't work. Like I don't know, especially don't... with the combat looking like it is with all like the juggling and all that sort of stuff. I just feel like it would they, they would need to change the fundamentals of how a lot of stuff works. Um, but yeah. You wouldn't yeah, be able to I have co-op as just like an additive feature to the game that we saw. You'd have to, yeah, that we you'd saw, have to yeah, reconceptualize yeah. quite a few things. Um, and I think that, that reconceptualized version where like 
this game is a co-op game could be quite cool but i think a lot of people would be kind of pissed off because it would ultimately have like well how do you engage people to play in groups and be like well let's add like loot is <laughs> a cool new robe is yeah. a cool new wand is a new brew and, and you know maybe that does exist in the single player version as well but like um it does yeah yeah like, yeah I, I'm, I'm with you i think it, it would have to be a bit of a different game to be a co-op wizard experience and maybe we do get that at some point but i guess um if they want to just focus on that experience of you being a student in hogwarts and having your own adventure then that makes total sense as well so <coughs> yeah and I, I guess there was this whole like cliche thing about it as well, where it was just like, um, which I ha- I couldn't help but chuckle to myself a little bit as well when they were showing off. They were just like, yeah, and you're like a wizard that like can use like a mysterious ancient magic that like no one That's else, right. no other student can there. And, stuff <laughs> oh, can like that. I? and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, great. So I'm, I'm the chosen fucking, one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just another chosen one. You know, it's just like. I don't know, man. Like, I think it would have been kind of cool to just be a fucking student. Well, that's that's how it would have an impact on you. That is, <laughs> yeah, tarnished. I guess. <laughs> like, why? Why do I need to? Why do I need to have some ancient power that I can use and just like no others? I don't know. That that just kind of. I don't know. That fell a little bit flat for me. That it was a bit too cheesy. It was a bit too corny. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, again, when they said it out loud, I was like, mm, I don't know. But they say, like, I think it makes sense mechanically that you can do stuff that other like NPCs can't, you know, for that kind of power fantasy angle. And like, I think you it's kind of cool, but but like, there's got to be like, do like trees and shit, man. You could just be like, oh, I want to go down like a fire spell tree, so I can do like, fi- I can summon like fire snakes and dragons and like lions and stuff like that. Or it's just like oh no i'm gonna go down a water one or i'm gonna go down like levitation like you can there's loads of spells and then you could just like master a certain tree rather than just having some like cop out you're a chosen one you can you you know this magic's like super crazy ancient mm. you'll cut your voldemort's son i don't know yeah <laughs> that'd be cool yeah <laughs> turns out you don't have a nose <laughs> tricked you franked you um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I will say, um, just to sort of close the topic off as well, what I, one thing that I thought was really cool was that they like chose a different time era entirely. I don't know if this, this is like canon or not, but probably not. But um, mm. there's like, it's 1800s for like Hogwarts. I was yeah. like, that is really cool. Because then they don't have to worry about like, you know, having like a fake Snape running around or like, you know, a fake Dumbledore or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they can just do their own thing in a time space. And I'm also like, I wonder if like, we can go out of Hogwarts and like see cowboys and like the industrial revolution and shit. <laughs> That'd be cool. There's <laughs> just shit happening yeah, in the world. <laughs> yeah. That would be kind of cool, but no, I don't think so. I don't think that happened. Uh, yeah. Just go and like help people like make buildings and factories with your wand. Like, is it outlawed in the 1800s? Do they even know magic exists? I don't know. There's so many like questions with no, the law. I mean, even in real life, even in the up-to-date versions of like the movies and the books, wizardry is a secret. Deck, you dumb. Is it dumb. entirely? Do people not know? Muggles don't know. They don't know at yeah, all. Mu- Muggles literally have no clue. Yeah. But those the the fat people do. The ones who look after Harry, don't they? The yeah, Dudleys. I don't know. Yeah, I think that. Okay, yeah, but maybe because they're like floated. sworn to secrecy. Maybe they're like sworn to like secrecy because their child is 
going to Hogwarts. I don't know all the laws, Deck, but all I know is for the majority of the part that muggles do not know the wizardry exists, which is why they always try and like hide it and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, okay well, look, it wasn't personal. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know. Um, and of course, like the elephant, the elephant in the room here is, of course, um, this is a product of of something created by J.K. Rowling, who's a very unpopular figure at the moment, um, and it's created for a while. Uh, yeah, she has been for a while, and it, it's created a bit of a de- way. It just came at a bad time because, like, she recently went on another like rant on Twitter, um, <laughs> you know, and the content of it is the content of what she says is kind of irrelevant to the conversation that we're trying to have, kind of about the game side, but it has created a bit of you know that. Um, conversation that often comes up when these sorts of things happen of like the, the the difficulty that some people have separating the art from the artist kind of thing and like I, I had a, a the point I had a point here and my point is that I think some like for some people things that are made you know if you think about what what we define as art it's usually something that like moves you or something that like you know it, it, it creates some it generates some level of emotion in some way or it makes you think and Mm-hmm. To some people that are no matter the size of the scale, kind of it like transcends the artist, and this is like kind of it's been it's been a thing like especially as we've like moved through like internet culture and cancel culture, you know, a lot of people have have had this sort of difficulty and this kind of dissonance of like, well, I used to like this this content creator, and now they've said this thing. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can watch their content anymore. And obviously, I'm not here to make that decision for you. That's that choice is yours. Um, but like, this yeah. is one of the things that I think is really interesting from like a literary perspective um something that was spoke about by robert Barthes, i think his name was he was like a french um like literary philosopher and he spoke about the idea of something called like death of the author he wrote a book called death of the author and it was essentially the idea that like the author's intent of what is put in their art is, is, is irrelevant it, it's entirely based on like perception so you know it, it's kind of a very complicated way to say like eye of the beholder kind of thing and that, in, the, yeah. except he's going to the extreme and saying all meaning is derived by by the person like no like it's really regardless of of what the author meant what you take away from it is what is really important and how people and communities generate insight and share that insight that's what's important and that's what i'm kind of getting at here is that i think harry potter is something which has like and a lot of things do, even small games. Something like Outer Worlds for me, like for me, transcends that kind of space. Um, but mm. like Harry Potter is something that I feel like has it transcends that, and a lot of people watch that as they grew up, and it's part of their history and their like and and their culture and their friendships. And so my view is that you know it, it I think it's okay to, to to like this while also disliking things that have oh, been yeah. said by by the by the author. And also you know once we get down to the business side of things, obviously the development team are not the same people like them being impacted by the author of the books is, is a real shame. But like at the same time, we can't, we're not here to make that decision for you, but that that's kind of my lens on these things. It's like, it's like death of the author. You know, it really is like you take insight away from this stuff. You take meaning and and it's yours to own. Like, you know, I don't think you can, you don't, there's no need to map that onto the author. I don't think As, as, as much as she probably does deserve credit for making the world, you know, we, I, I, I am able to make yeah. that disconnect. Yeah, no, yeah, I I kind of agree. Yeah, I think you obviously you you said it in a really yeah in a very fantastic way. Um, but yeah, I just think it, it it just comes down to you know if if you love something enough, you know you 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 should be able to look past um any 
difficulties or, or or anything that's happened with it or who it's created by or any controversies and stuff like that you know just enjoy the art that's been put out there you know it's been put out there for you to consume you know just i don't know but then yeah it's, it's the whole thing it's just like well if you do consume it and you do this and it's like it's benefiting the author that you hate or the, the, this controversy of this yep. but like i don't know there's just like it's kind of yeah, I don't. Know, I can't explain it any better than you, but I, I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, and yeah, no, no matter what J.K. Rowling would say or whatever, it wouldn't change my mind on how I view Harry Potter. You know, like exactly. That's I love what I mean. the books. I love the movies. Um, and then if anyone asked me, like, oh yeah, but J.K. Rowling is a bit of a bitch, I'd be like, yeah, she is a bit of a bitch, but like, <laughs> I still like Harry Potter, man. Like, oh yeah, but like exactly. You know, like you, like, you could drag out. Like you could, you could like. If even if we think like historically we do this, like Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings, Tolkien was like, yeah. like not such a great guy. <laughs> like I know it's like you know, it was the times, but like he was historically very racist, very sexist, like very like nationalist. Um, as was someone like Lovecraft, horrible guy, like H.P. Lovecraft. But since his like stuff has like gained this you know this new wave of like love. Um, and, and like that's okay because like the the joy you take from it is yours you know uh, as much as you can credit them for like the creation of that universe other people are going to read that and be like that's not for me this is a load of shit you know but the, the joy yeah. you take from that is yours and so you can kind of own that um i, I yeah and, and of course like i, I guess as, as a disclaimer like i understand that this is too <laughs> like we're we're two white boys and this is our perspective uh like someone else who like jk's comments are maybe more directly impacting of course are going to feel differently and like you know if exactly. if you feel like you yeah. really can't support that then like yeah or, you know more power to you um you know because maybe if it was something which was more targeted towards us we'd be yeah. feeling a bit differently about it but you know that's just where yeah where exactly it, it it doesn't cross a line for us particularly well it does but not not in a sense that it's an absolute personal attack or a personal assault on us but obviously everyone's different it might be for you obviously we're not telling you how to how to feel about things it's just our perspective looking in so absolutely so that's that that's the whole thing that's happened with um hogwarts um tldr is game that's pretty good um <laughs> game that's pretty good JK, uh, jk's a bitch jk is a jk she is a joke um okay so next bit of controversy uh moving on uh, is um it's around Gra- Gran Turismo 7, and yeah, again, like I, I don't want to linger on this too long, because we, we kind of spoke about this a few weeks ago, if you remember, in our last show. Um, we It was around the thing that they did where they released the game, got good reviews, it's still on like 87, and then they yeah. dropped microtransactions. Egregious microtransactions of that. Um, since then, there was an update which added more expensive micro- microtransactions, and the servers went offline for over a day like in its launch window, so only like the first two or three weeks, um, making the game unplayable, even though it's like a single player racing. I, I'm sure there's multiplayer in it, but like none of it could be played. Um, and it's not like this is the only game to have ever done that. I'm sure. Like I can't remember if Halo had this problem. I don't think it did because they were separated into campaign and multiplayer. Um, mm. But nonetheless, you know, the the point being that this sort of stuff, like, all of this stuff, is horrible. <laughs> or like every single thing I just said, really not ideal. <laughs> yeah yeah so that it, yeah it's, absolutely it's, it, it's been review bombed since um so like the user score and metacritic has come down to like 2.4 um so so people aren't happy with that 
Yeah, I mean, who even looks at user score? Let's be honest. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you really want to make an impact? It should. People should just do second reviews. But it's like, what what warrants a second review, right? Um, it's this whole line we were talking about. Um, do you think people like people should go back and give it another review just based on some microtransactions that have come in? Like, would you expect IGN to go back and re-review it and just be like, oh, actually? Yeah, this is the game, but then they also just dumped like f- like forty pound each transactions in that should have been part of the base game. You know, clearly cut content. It's now seven out of ten in our eyes. You know, do you do you think that's legit? I, I yeah, I I I I just feel like because you can't expect reviewers to like check back on a game every two weeks and then you know oh well everything's fixed now so i'm gonna pop the review score back. You know, you just can't do. It. But what I do feel like there should be is like a just because of the way that these companies are essentially trying to work around like the way, you know, they're trying to cheese it (laughs) essentially. They're trying to cheese like the review score, put the embargo because they have total control over that. They're like, okay, you get the embargo. You're only allowed to talk about this. You're only allowed to talk about that. Um, Mm. So they get to see, you know, they can essentially give reviewers exactly what they want them to see, get the scores and then do whatever the fuck they want. So what I think they do need to do is consider like a, um, like a grace period that's not the right phrase like a, maybe like a buffer zone where like <clears throat> for all games by default we're going to look at your game as it launches and then we're going to look at the game in three weeks time or a month's time yeah and we'll double dip and then after that we're done um and like maybe like that probation just, period yeah exactly and maybe that will just mean that a game like you know publishers will do the same thing but a month later maybe but i think yeah that's gonna be um you know that I think will impact the sales exactly yeah like yeah. that will create problems um you know if, if your game scores start dipping down from like an 8.5 to a 6 you know a month after launch yeah. that's going to be a problem um yeah it will <clears throat> it will make people be more <coughs> honest it'll make people be more honest and put in the right amount of content that should have been in the game right from the start because they want those sales to fire right from day one rather than a month in you know they just lose time on sales right yeah. um so they'll just be less sneaky about it they'll, they won't try and work the system they'll be a little bit hopefully it'll provide a bit more honesty with how games are released but exactly um, yeah, exactly it needs yeah. to be like um like a waiter you know or a waiter sort of checking in after your uh after your meal you know yeah. give you 10 minutes you just don't do it How's when i take a mouthful <laughs> yeah that's right like, why do they always do that <laughs> i went to a, i went i went to a restaurant the other day they always do that like literally it's like I, they give me my plate and i'm like great it's fine and then the moment i'm like first mouthful you know i've had a bit of a chat first mouthful stick it in my mouth how is everything i'm like <laughs> it's good it's like i think on, man. i've only just tasted it's like it they just yeah, it's like they just they time it, man. It's it happens all the time. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you're always weird gonna catch, You're always gonna catch someone with it. Have, have you ever done that where you've like gotten it? Like usually you're fine, and like somebody will ask, and like, you got a bit of food in your mouth. You know, you managed to make your way through it, and we survive. But every now and again, you'll like be like very acutely aware that like someone's about to ask you. Like the waiter like looks you in the eyes, yeah. like, and you're like, and you're like waiting, like anxiously waiting. Like I can't start yet. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> We all have waiter anxiety. It's fine. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Okay, let's move on. Um, next up, uh, Tunic. Tunic got a cute little shadow drop into Games Pass. We knew it was coming out this week. We didn't know it was coming to Games Pass. In fact, the devs like explicitly said, this game is not coming to Games Pass like six months ago or a year ago or whatever. 
Um, and there was an Xbox, uh, an idea Xbox Twitch event, one of those really long-winded ones this week, which I didn't watch because I learned my lesson last time. Um, but they announced that Tunic was going to be dropping there and then into Games Pass, which was obviously awesome because this game's been... In, we've heard about this game for like six years, it feels like. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, it's done really well. Um, Eurogamer gave it an essential, IGN a nine, Easy Allies an eight, Metro Gamer an eight, Game Informer 9.8, Destructoroid 9. Lots of high scores here, averaging out to an 85 on Open Critic. Are you interested in trying Tunic? Yeah, man. I think it looks like a cute little fucking game. Um, I definitely think I will play it at some point. Is it really hard, is it? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, apparently it is like kind of (laughs) Souls-like. Oh, God, of course it is. Um, Yeah, man, it kind of looks really fucking cool. Um, And it's like a, yeah, it's like a cute little but tough, <laughs> like uh, spin-off on Zelda, like the Zelda formula. Um, and I like it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I'll think i give it a go at some point. I've, I've, yeah, I've got to say... It looks good. Yeah, yeah, I think the gameplay does look quite fun. Um, I've got to say, the art style isn't actually doing as much for me as I thought it would. I thought it was. I, I don't really know how I to describe like it. it. It's like kind of blocky. I don't know. I, can, yeah. I, I see it and my brain is like, this is cool. But I, I don't. I'm not sure about it. <laughs> like, I don't know. For some reason, it's not just like it's just not doing that much for me. Um, but I can see that there is a style there. You know, I think it looks quite cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've got. I've downloaded it the other day. Um, so I intend to give it give it a go when <laughs> whenever I get off Elden Ring. So probably July. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, kudos. Uh, kudos for the uh, for the scores. Good game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice. so another another Great solo job. dev venture um they outsource like the music oh, really? but just one guy yeah um damn and uh yeah yeah i just i'm i guess i guess what it is is because i'm looking at it and i'm like i played death store like maybe six months ago and death store was fucking awesome um yeah so yeah i'll probably give it a go but that that's um that's good though i think it's good that xbox has this in like right now uh, and it's like slightly, you know, gap of news uh, between everything, whether it's like, you know, no news about um, like Redfall, no uh, conferences or updates, like no Halo updates. It's good that they managed to get this because it's created a bit of positive buzz. Um, yeah. As it, and it's exclusive at the moment, Xbox and PC. So, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, while we're on the topic of Games Pass, there were some new additions coming out this month. Um it's worth having a look into. Um, we've got, just to name a few, Shredders, Norco, Crusader Kings 3, uh, which is a PC game getting ported over. Really highly reviewed. Um, F1 2021. And what's that? Grail? I can't read that. Um, yeah, Grail. Something Grail. Uh, and I did actually, you know, I downloaded Shredders. <laughs> it's like a snowboarding game. <laughs> yeah. I haven't tried it, but I just, I don't know. I saw, I saw like on a sizzle reel, like on an advert, I saw it and I was like, kind of looks like SSX. I'm going to download it. <laughs> looks kind of fun. Yeah. No, I haven't yeah, played a game like that in ages. Yeah, um, yeah. could be good fun. Uh, so, and then obviously Tunic got shadow dropped. That's why that's not in that collection of, of games. But um, out of all of them, I am, um, I'm looking forward to trying Weird West because it's from uh, Raphael Collar. Colantonio, who was the previous founder 
of Arcane and the creative director for the whole Dishonored series. Um, and he left, I think, like a couple of years back to make this game. Um, and it's like a top-down, oh, okay. like it's like a twin-stick shooter game, but it has like elements of like immersive simminess and RPG layers there. Um, it, it's definitely like lower budget, but like it looks quite good. So I'm kind of interested. I've, I've got it earmarked to see how it does. I've, I've actually got it on my fancy critic. I, I totally forgot that I did. Presumably because of the oh, pedigree okay. of the team, I was like, um, "This will be. This is probably going to be good." And it's Devolver Digital, and like, you know, <laughs> they do good stuff. Yeah, guaranteed yeah. banger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah, nice. Good little Games Pass lineup. Not quite yeah, as good as it? last month, but pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think some people would argue it's better simply because of Crusade Kings, um, which is like a you know, say like a ninety plus game. Um, but yeah, that's obviously it's like less our style. Uh, but uh, Guardians of the Galaxy last month remains um, a really good addition. So let's sort of get into um, the main news then. Now you're probably surprised we're not there yet an hour in, but don't you worry. Um, yeah. We're yeah. rolling now. Um, so there was like um, there was like a little bit of of Redfall gameplay that like leaks last week by like a random like Spanish podcasting channel. I don't know how they got the hand. Presumably they were part of the Alpha or somebody. No. No, I do know, actually. Somebody sent them this gameplay. Um, and so I've just taken like a screen cap here in the notes. Um, and originally, everybody thought it was new, but it turns out it was from the same leak that we had earlier in the year. Do you remember? We, we spoke about it on the podcast. Oh, it showed like the inventory and stuff like that. That's right, which yeah. was back in September. Now I've got it on the notes actually. So, so this is this is an older build, um, but nonetheless, um, like the screenshot I've got is obviously it's not it's a screen grab from like a phone, so it's not the super highest quality. But like the lighting looks quite nice. Some of the tex- textures look like a little bit flat, but it's um, mm. and like from what I watched, um, it looked pretty nice. Not much happened. It was like fifteen seconds of like shooting a, a vampire like one vampire in in like the corner of this like kind of suburb um not yeah. much happened but it like it looked very good the the gun was responsive it recalled the the vampire looked nice and he went in and stabbed it at the end with a stake um and it was choppy and yeah the quality just wasn't good but um it, that game's gotta be like on the cusp of being re like shown off like having that some actual gameplay shown off oh, yeah um, yeah yeah if I, it's coming out sort of like fall this year yeah, we'd expect some gameplay pretty soon, I think. You'd hope so. Yeah. And I, like a lot of people are kind of speculating, and people are saying this about Redfield, Red, Redfall, Redfield, and Starfield, um, that because neither of them are being shown, like they're going to be delayed. Um, and I think Redfield already. Ha- I might have I made that up. Redfield. Oh my god, Redfall already got delayed. Um, I think, if I remember, it was meant I to don't be. Think so. No, did I make that up? I might have made that up. <clears throat> Don't think Redfall has received the delay yet. Hmm. Yeah, maybe you're right. Um, so there's a lot of people that are like quite anxious because Xbox so far, you know, have been quiet for like six months now. Um, mm. That the and nothing's been said about these two games as you know is meant to be like the big pillars of the year, apart from maybe an unannounced Forza um, that they're going to get delayed. So we'll have to wait and see. But like, I think the gameplay here, which is already like six months old is like looking quite good so another six months well yeah another six months will make it like end of summer so which is what they said they said summer 22 so we'll have to wait mm. and see um i'm really 
I've got a lot of fingers crossed for this game. Um, I'm really interested to see how Arcane make immersive sim work with co-op because in my head those things just don't work very well. Um, mm. But they don't make bad games, and I'm I think there's like really big potential. I just don't feel like I've had those two elements mixed before in a game. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and I I, th- I think it'll <clears throat> be good and it will solidify this in our heads if we just see some gameplay and understand a little bit more about it um but yeah i have high hopes for it on paper i think it sounds so so cool and i really really want it to be good um so yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed definitely yeah this is one of those things that i think everybody is sold on the concept of redfall like vampires you know like hero shooter kind of style open world immersive simi everybody's sold on that in concept but it's like how is it going to come together i need to like understand how that works so yeah, yeah gameplay is going to go a long way i think yeah okay um i just briefly wanted to touch on this because there's nothing um immense but um i feel like we're touching on fallout 76 every podcast at the moment that's just i think they're just in that that kind of new cycle where the game is starting to generate a bit of traction and yeah like two weeks ago during the podcast we we showed you their 2022 roadmap or we spoke about that sorry um but they said chris no not chris mark tucker in an interview with oz gamer said that they have like a five-year broad like roadmap for fallout 76 so um for any of the doubters that think that this game is like on the verge of being like abandoned um it's not going to be uh, as much as some of you may want that um it seems that they are going to be sticking to their guns here and they do feel like they have something which could become quite successful not that it isn't already yeah. I, mean, I don't know but um it's ticking along. oh you're fine yeah, yeah, I mean, five years of content on top of however long it's already been out—that's crazy. Like, that's a—that's you know they've got some big plans for this game, um, and they want to keep it going. Yeah, hundred percent. They're definitely running a marathon. It's a big <laughs> not, commitment. Yeah, yeah, not a sprint. Um, but yeah, because I, I don't know when this game came out. I want to say like, God, yeah, I don't know. Twenty was it as long ago as like twenty eighteen? I don't know. I think that sounds right. I, I would have said like 20, 2018, 2019. Uh, yeah, 2018. Um, yeah, so it's already been out for like almost four years and they've got five more years of content planned for it. You know, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, Metacritic of so yeah, 53. Oof. yeah it's brutal Oof. it is kind of brutal and again with the review process these are the sort of things where i kind of wish reviewers went back again because i don't think that that game is not a 53 right now like that game is a solid a solid 70 like it, it's good now there's so much content in it so much stuff to do they fixed so many things wrong with their launch but anyone just like giving it a quick google or like they want to pick it up for like a tenner or something they look at that score and they're going to just instantly not do it. And I think that's quite harsh um, considering, you know, the, the commitment they've done to turning it around, you know, when they yeah. could have just called it, they could have just called it quits like Anthem or something like that, but they didn't. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I agree. You have to you give know, some respect. Especially because it's like, that's the thing that will pop up in the algorithm. Like you type, you said you type in the game, it'll pop up those initial scores. IGN five, you know, you're going to five, Metacritic 53. 
and like people do re-reviews like there have been re-reviews but they just they, they're not the first thing that pops up unless somebody types in you know like fallout 76 2020 re-review um and like so yeah i'm totally with you but there are some purists out there who like are really like well you know it's that's the game's fault you know you only have one chance to make to make a good impression and it's like well like yes like you're right but like first impressions don't aren't always how games work is it like you know it depends on the game yeah. like sometimes first impression isn't the most important thing well hey look at Fortnite. <laughs> like do you know what i mean yeah. it's like especially when you know fallout 76 was a game to service right from the get-go it was never going to be uh one and done product was it so it's yeah. like it's a bit harsh just to stamp it as a fucking f and just leave it like that for the rest of its life cycle like yeah come on like i think that's yeah it's a bit harsh and, and that's not to say that it, it, it's excusable to, to release games in the state that 76 was in um you know like yeah. it was very buggy it was very barren it was i you know i think it did have some design elements which just weren't thought through fully oh. um yeah you know we're not we're not trying to excuse that at all it, it's more that some people some games get this branding and as much as they generate community and can pick up pace that score doesn't change and that can sometimes be a barrier to you know to like like new newcomers and stuff or even returning players you know so it's just that can be a real shame which i think could be alleviated by just giving the game another honest crack and giving us another honest review if you don't feel like it's improved Mm -hmm. then it hasn't improved but if it has then i think you know we should try and give give that credit yeah exactly couldn't agree more lovely okay um that's a white elite controller coming apparently um this was like a real flash yeah, flashing the plan. I'm flashing the plan. Bought one. <laughs> yeah, I would have gone. I like. I always get the um, like stuff like this in white if I have the option. I think the the that sort of white color looks really nice on phones and controllers and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I'm really annoyed actually. Well, don't worry. It's it's not, it hasn't have... got like a release date, has it? Yeah, hasn't, hasn't been officially announced yet. This is like a quote unquote leak. You know, it's like a picture of it on a shop yeah. shelf somewhere on like a uh, you know. Uh, factory or whatever um but i gotta say the picture that we got there does look pretty sleek um I it's got i actually don't like the two-tone i actually would have liked it you know, they just made the rubber grips white as well no oh, i like the two-tone man mm. 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 we don't see eye to eye all the time <laughs> <laughs> you might even say it's uh black or white all right let's move on <laughs> nice um Okay, so um, this one got this one was spicy. Uh, Metacritic does these yearly reports, and actually, I think really near the beginning of when we started this podcast, we did the one for last year. Metacritic do these yearly reports of like what publishers were the best for what years. You know, they take the aggregate of all the games that released under that studio, uh, under that pub, under their you know Xbox Game Studios, PlayStation Studios. Uh, Nintendo, Bethesda, yada yada, Activision, and they look at who like what the average review scores for that were for that publisher. Um, yeah. And in 2021, Microsoft was the highest rated publisher. Not only that, it was the highest rated publisher in history. It was the highest rated oh. a publisher has ever achieved uh, in a single year, um, with like an average of I think wow. 87.4. Um, which is nuts. Um, that is. There were arguably less games in that cycle than there were typically, but I think that was the same for a lot of publishers because COVID. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't obvious already, 
because Forza Horizon, because Psychonaut, because Flight Simulator, because Halo Infinite, um, and I, I Deathloop would have counted as well. You know, all of those games scored incredibly highly. And that gave it the score that it did, um, which got some people real pissed off. Some, you know, uh, Metacritic, like, worshippers who, like, live and breathe the little green square. Um, <laughs> so, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it was a good year, man. Like, and I think it just goes to show. Um, yeah, It's going to trigger some people, sure, but whatever. <laughs> It's one of those things. That's just how it goes. The scores, the scores don't lie. Like, it is what it is. It's an aggregate of all the other reviewers. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it was a good year for sure. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy that we've gone from, the, from like, Xbox has no games to Xbox is going to have a monopoly to Xbox has no games <laughs> it's like, like it's gone back to like this now that we're in early in the dry spell of the year it's like what like what's going on here like these some of these narratives are, are just ridiculous and it's um yeah it's like people just expect like a constant flow of like content it's just like well guys there is you know the, the, there are moments they need to make the games too like they don't just they don't just like come out like chill yeah, they are humans. And of course, you know, we've heard over and over again that that is what the team Xbox want to do. They want to have these kind of, you know, quarterly releases. But, you know, when that it's quite that's quite ambitious, I would say. Um, and we're obviously not there yet. But like, yeah, like there are bumps in the road. And it's just console warriors, man. It's just like, it's just pointless giving it any attention, really. Um, hmm. But yeah, beside that, so with um Xbox Game Studios was first with 87.4. Sony was second with 81.3. Um, and then we had Humble Games, Activision Blizzard, Bethesda, Capcom. Uh, Nintendo wasn't even on the list, which really kind of surprises me. Um, mm. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Because the only thing, one of the major things that dragged Sony down was... Um, oh, shit, what was it called? That car... Oh, God damn it, what was it called? That car game that they released at launch... Um, where you like... Uh, All-Star Destruction... Destruction All-Stars. Are we talking about Sony here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was by by okay. um, that was published by um, PlayStation Studios. Um, okay. But you like drove into each other. You know, it was like Death Arena it, yeah. with cars. Anyway, that didn't review very well. And that kind of pulled it down. Um, so I'm interested okay. to see how fucked Xbox is this year because they published Crossfire. <laughs> Oh god, yeah, that's true. Actually, <laughs> um, so I don't know if they've managed to like wiggle themselves out of being the publisher because there was some weirdness with like who was publishing it, if it was Xbox or Smilegate. Um, so I'm, I'm interested. Like, and obviously Xbox wouldn't do that for this reason, but like, I, we'll have to see how it all pans out because if that is going to be under Xbox, they don't stand a chance. <laughs> like this year, even if even if Starfield is a 103 out of 100, it's just not happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Crossfire, <sighs> yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, next up, um, th- this actually this ties in with something that, that happened very, very recently this week. So, um, supposedly, there, there's been a new Xbox code name spotted, um, under the name of Xbox Keystone. Um, and this is coming under the, the code names for uh, Xbox Durango, Xbox Scarlet. Um, if you remember, Scarlet was the Series X. Durango? Mm-hmm. I can't much remember what Durango... Was Durango just the Xbox One? Yeah, it says right there. Does it? 
Oh yeah. Right there, I, guess, <laughs> right there. I knew that anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So so yeah. So, um, so presumably, I mean, sometimes you know it's not that simple of what, what code names are and aren't. But um, it, it seems like there might be some hardware there. And, and the reason why I say this is kind of like a little bit corroborated is because um, it's at the very bottom of the notes if you want to have a look. But on the Xbox Era podcast just yesterday from time of filming um the team over there said that they had um heard that there is some xbox hardware to show um but it falls into a different bucket than what people are expecting um and it might it it might be something that's shown off this year um so i'm just interested to hear like if there is hardware happening and it's like, what do you think that that is? <laughs> uh, it could be the new, like a new Elite, maybe new Elite Series Three. Are you? Oh, so you think it might be like a, a peripheral? Oh, that's interesting. It could be like a controller, yeah, or it could be like a an SSD or something. But do you know what? You're a genius. I didn't even thought about that. I was just thinking about like console stuff and streaming stuff. Yeah, it, it could be. It totally could be like a. Um, like an external, a new external SSD, couldn't it? It could be like a new controller. It could be like a different periphery. Like, I don't know if they're interested in doing like VR. The or... Kinect coming back. Or the Kinect 3.0. <laughs> Let's just go. Let's just do it. Yeah, let me squeeze my screen. Answer our wishes and let us squeeze our screen. That's all I want to do. Let me check the gum under my foot. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm interested to think what you thought it could have been then, if you're I mean, so blown away from what I said. Well, yeah, I, I just thought, this is why it's useful, like, having you who doesn't follow this as, like, closely as I do, because I get, like, tunnel vision done stuff sometimes. Um, yeah. I assume this is, like, uh, this, the streaming stick that we spoke, that we're, like, we've spoken about before on the podcast, and, like, uh, supposedly, yeah. you know, there's been, like, a streaming stick, plug it into your TV, oh, you can access cloud streaming, to Games Pass for just, for, you know, six pound a month. Um, and the kind of keystone phrasing kind of like makes it sound a bit, you know, like pop it in. Um, yeah, yeah. However, the fact that they said over on Xbox era that it was like, it falls into a different bucket than what we'd be expecting makes me think it's not that because a lot of, there's been a lot of general talk about the idea of a cloud streaming stick for a while. I would almost say that that's okay. expected, you know? Um mm-hmm. So, okay. what was a portable? Yo, yo, what's well, something to compete with the Stream Deck? <laughs> yeah, maybe Steam Deck. I said Stream Deck. That you did weird. say Stream Deck. Steam yeah. Deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No, it could be something. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, really, it could be anything. But um. Yeah. For Fridge. for whatever reason, I. Mike's already been a fridge deck. (laughs) There we go. Now we're cooking. I think it's the one house appliance that they've already done. (laughs) Kettle. It's going to be an Xbox kettle. That'd be great. That's just how that works. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't know. For some reason, yeah, my mind just instantly went to like a, maybe like their own branded like SSD or something like that. But I don't know. Yeah, or, or like a new a new Elite series, like I said. I can't remember when the Elite 2 came out, but there's been so many issues with that. And I think Elite Series 3 was talked about a while ago. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I maybe, 
I mean, maybe it is just we're getting to that time where they are, they have been like R and Ding, like a new controller. Like I don't know, I don't know how they're going to do that. Like, I think that's that is kind of the downside to this compatibility approach that they've taken. As good as it is, I think it is the right decision. If they do decide to innovate on the controller side, it's like how does that work? Like you know, I don't know what features they'd want to add to it, but like, do you just like? Do you have to go out your way and like, presumably it's like an additional add-on, right? And then it's like mm. a developer's really gonna like developers already neglect like the dual sense, which has all these great features, and all PS5 owners have one, let alone yeah. people who have to go out and buy this new fancy and like what are they gonna put on this controller that makes it worth it for the price to go out yeah. and to be like, whoa, this is totally gonna like change my experience. You know, so agreed. Like maybe they're looking to like if that if that time ever does come and I'm speaking purely hypothetically but like if that time ever does come maybe they are waiting for like them to get into this cadence of first party games where they can you know essentially go to each place and be like we need you to make this the implementation of this fucking sick um, and because it's yeah. likely to be compatible across all devices you know people can use it on their Series S on their Series X on their S on their base Xbox One on their One X you know on their One they can use it on all of them. So that, that's the only, that's the other, that's the only upside, I guess, is that if people did go out and buy it, they have a bigger pool of people, if that makes sense. But I still feel mm-hmm. like your ca- casual Xbox One owner who's not going to be upgrading to a next-gen, current-gen console for a while is not likely to go out and buy that controller. But maybe, yeah, I mean, if they can take it forward with them, like, and maybe yeah. it gets bundled in the new consoles from now on. Like, you know, here's the Fable edition with fucking glow-in-the-dark triggers, you know, and it, like, wraps around your finger and tugs on it a little bit. When you... Oh, my God, Dad. <laughs> You're going down a rabbit hole now. You, need you become chill. the controller. Yeah. Um, yeah, potentially. Yeah, that, that sort of stuff is a very... It's a slow burn, that that sort of stuff. It's so, it's so hard to migrate people over and make that worth the hardware cost and and like you said the development cost as well to include it and stuff like that because uh, these developers are under so much crunch time just to get games out period let alone um like you said developing for something like that and making time for that to the point where it's not gimmicky as well to the point where it's actually something that's will affect the game and the experience I think that's a very slow process and something like you said, they might, if they're going to do it, they might either, I think they might just leave it for the generation and include it with the next generation like PS5 did with their controller or they're just going to start phasing it in to new bundles and new editions of an Xbox Series X that come out. You know, maybe maybe they're going to release a Series X that has like a more internal storage SSD. Like it's a, two terabyte and it comes with this new controller or something like that they'll just start phasing it in but it's a slow process um and probably something that's when you think about it probably actually worth not doing for this generation if you were to ask me i'd say it's not worth it for this generation i'd say Mm. just just leave it leave it a gap the controller's already great make a great series three that doesn't break in in six months um but I think I think just leave it for the generation, um, if it's a controller at least. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to, to sort of speculate about, simply because of the way that Xbox has kind of decoupled, um, you know, the hardware from well, the controllers, I suppose, from from the consoles. Um, 
yeah um because i i just don't know what what is kind of the right move with that um because it, like, it, the other side of it is that it keeps costs down presumably you know I, I know that they've done a new controller with the share button and the grips and they feel great like the, the series x and s ones they do feel good uh, but there's just there's yeah. no like big innovation there i think that people were excited for in the same way that the dual sense was but at the same time it keeps the price a bit lower so yep. is that worth the trade-off of like creating a new decoupled con- controller that people have to then buy you know it, it creates that kind of um and ah. so yeah we'll have to mm-hmm. wait and see uh, but um I'm quite surprised to hear it. You know, I, I don't think this is like a mid-gen console refresh. I don't think we'll get that again. Um, no. Especially with the, you know, the conductor shortage and everything. It's just like, it's not happening, is it? No. Yeah, it's um, not going to be that. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, hopefully we we hear some more soon. I mean, it adds more to that pile of like speculation of like, what could Xbox show off in there? you know, their replacement E3 conference and will it be six hours long? <laughs> because like, you better show me a lot because I've been waiting a while. Um, yeah. All right. Great. On the software side, um, there was been a, there was a little update that was pushed out to the consoles uh, that allows you to uh, updates to work on energy saver mode, which I've been meaning to do. Actually, I've forgotten to do that, but um yeah, because typically that was the, that was the trade-off. If you put Energy Saver on, it wouldn't update, but now you can, which is really good because over here in the UK, energy bills are like quintupling at the moment. I got a bill of over a grand last month. That's crazy. What the fuck's that? That's, that's <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you just need to pay us like 300 quid a month now. And I'm like, I live in a two-bedroom house. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, get off me. That's, that's crazy. Fucking hell. So yeah, I definitely need to do this. This will make maybe it's just this. Maybe it's just my Series X, like yeah. trying to. Like, <laughs> down, oh down yeah, you're down to yeah. Now you're down to five pound a month after you turn this on. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. How much energy was this consuming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, could power of like a fucking jet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, nifty little feature. There's a couple of new features I'm waiting for on the um software, on like the UI side as well. Um like that that quick resume pinning thing that we spoke about a few weeks back like you can pin two mm. games that's, that hasn't come through to public yet and there's been like a recent thing while we're on the topic about um like sharing to twitter like directly to twitter has been like removed from the console which has like left people a bit pissed off um and you have to and now they've implemented a new feature where it like pings it to your phone through the app and then you go to your phone and from there you can share it so a lot of people are like yeah. oh, i create another step a lot of people are like well i don't mind because sending it to my phone allows me to like you know do whatever i need to do there and it's not yeah. a big deal to me um but yeah allegedly i think jess just said on the xbox 2 podcast they're like um trying there's like maybe a ui uh no not ui like a sharing system update coming like halfway through the year um you know with like okay. editing features and like do, do you remember when xbox one came out and that was like mind-blowing you could go to it and it would like put all these like razzle dazzle effects it'd be like you could do like a top 10 countdown and that's like a sunset overdrive like splash and like um and like a it's yeah, still that but if you look it's still that unchanged like the the studio it's like buried in the ui now it's really hard to find yeah um, but I like I. It would be nice to have like to just go on it and have like a really easy trim feature or like a really easy 
some you know just anything really that you could just like pop in and mm. this is like what we've spoken about before with like having a better community integration because like if i could just see stuff my friends have shared it would really incentivize me to be like take a clip and like trim it down and maybe do something funny and then like have a text over the top with an animation pop it in did that in two minutes done yeah you know yeah oh yeah yeah there, there, there'd be so many clips that i have in my in my library right now that i'd love to do that with um, yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah that would be a really cool addition yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll have to um see how it goes um but I, I do feel like the software side of things has really slowed down since the start of this gen i, I am interested in seeing like a ui kind of update I don't think we need an overhaul because i think it's quite good overall but i think there is some stuff that does need some work in there um particularly around mm. like sharing social and achievements as well i think it does need some work um so fingers crossed Okay. Yeah. More updates on the Steam Deck. Um, Microsoft provided an update on Xbox Game Studios, uh, Xbox Game Studio titles for the Steam Deck. Um, this is coming from The Verge. Uh, most of those games aren't playable. Uh, sorry, are playable, um, but there are some that won't be supported on the Steam Deck due to anti-cheat. And those games so far are Gears Five, Halo MCC, Halo Infinite, and Flight Simulator. Um, Flight Sim is a bit of an outlier there. But <laughs> Flight Sim for anti cheat. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't actually know why that is. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Cheats in Flight Sim. I don't. Yeah. What do you gain? I flew that? from Bangkok oh, okay. to London in three minutes flat. You won't believe yeah. it. They're like, it's not possible. It's not realistic. Shut him down. <laughs> block the I- block the IP address. Um. But yeah, this is cool. And I think like the part of my like reluctance to think that Xbox are interested in doing a portable is the fact that they're so eager and willing to get their shit on other con- like on the Steam Deck or on cloud. You know, it, it, that's their kind of mm. I, I'm interested to know like how Xbox are thinking about streaming versus native. Like, do they feel that like will that capture the same audience, you know? Like as I personally like it's not like I can't, I'm not booting up something like Elden Ring to stream. You know, it's too, it requires, there are some games where it works really well and particularly touch, like games that give me like touch on the phone, touch controls. So some of them you Mm. boot up and you're like, wow, this is so convenient. But other ones it's like, got to get your phone, got to boot up the app, got to get your Bluetooth connection, got to pop that on. Oh, got to pop your headphones. And I bet, you know, it's taking you like 15 minutes by the time you're actually ready to play and then you do it. And it's like a bit laggy still not 100 percent. yeah and it's like it's good in a pinch like it's it's convenience playing and that's not the same as like like leisure or like luxury playing i i, I would say so i don't know yeah you know if, if that same demographic would the same demographic who plays does play on their cloud sometimes would they be interested in buying something where they can play these games natively or would they think no that's the cloud is enough for me that's i i guess i'm interested to see what xbox like their, their data kind of shows on that because that must influence their this sort of decision making yeah yeah for sure i it's it's hard to say um i don't really think i don't really feel like there's any just cloud only gamers out there but for xbox that'd be kind of weird no but i, I mean i guess I, I mean more on like the portable side of things you know yeah yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, it, it it would be kind of interesting to find out the data, um, but like you said, we seem very keen on doing it. Um, they 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 seem very keen on just it's just making it accessible everywhere, right? Um, 
in the most convenient way possible. And I really think you can't go wrong with that. Um, whether it gets utilized a lot or not, it's just it's just providing convenience where others don't, like PlayStation and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. It's hard to say. I, I mean, we, we've because... always said... Yeah, we, we we've always said that like I think like with since the announcement of the Steam Deck like this is a good opportunity for Xbox to and like Gabe and Valve like seem to be really excited about the idea of getting Games Pass on it like this is a good opportunity for them to be like trial Games Pass on like on this natively you know someone can go to Steam download it through Games Pass and see like what the engagement is like do people like to play these games portably and I, you know, I'm sure the answer is yes and then that you know, begs the question to Xbox, do we need to make something or are we making enough money through these sales? Like on the work, you know, on other people's consoles, um, essentially. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd like one of them eventually. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, once I can, uh... I don't know. I mean, I, I could probably, I, I could afford it right now for sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Nothing. It's not really. I don't want to go out and grab it right now, but eventually, I think it's a great investment. Um, well, I'm just worried what's going to happen to my Switch. My poor, poor Switch. <laughs> You'll get jealous. Mm. Kill me in the night. Yeah, probably. We we'll use you as an amiibo. I'll come round to your house one day, and there'll be a Tim amiibo lying on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so yeah, that's that. That's fine. Um, so um, next up is some news about Overwatch. Um, we had this like brief discussion like the other week, me and you, um, about this because this kind of came out of nowhere, and there's obviously been a lot of like kind of unrest in like the Overwatch community. Um, and they had like a big update. Uh, there's a beta planned in late April, so um, well, one month from now, really. Um, and they had like a big chat where they uh, spoke about sort of they apologized for like kind of being radio silent. Um, uh, but the, the big things to take away here essentially is that um, when the beta signups went live, uh, the website kept crashing, despite everybody saying for ages that Overwatch is dead. Um, this is yeah. why you should never listen to people saying things are dead because nine times out of ten they are not in fact dead it's not dead um and the second important thing is to note that the pvp and the pve side of overwatch 2 have been kind of decoupled and they're they're going to be released separately um and supposedly this is what has led to a lot of the silence from around overwatch 2 um because the pve side of things has had like a lot of reworks and a lot of tinkering that they kind of need sorting but the pvp is coming on quite nicely um so yeah, what do you think? Um, if you scroll down to the next page as well, I've got some some of the um, screen grabs from their Twitter and everything. Um, I think they've included like a new hero, some of the new reworks for some of the characters, Orissa, Doomfist, Bastion, and Sombra, a new ping system, a new game mode, um, four new maps. Well, what do you think about this whole Overwatch Two thing? Is this like is this raising your eyebrow, or are you not really caring? Uh, no, I'm quite interested in it, to be honest. I mean, we, we were really big fans of the first Overwatch. Um, I thought it was a bit weird when Overwatch 2 was released. Um, I felt like it was a bit unnecessary. Announced. I felt <laughs> like it was a bit 
unnecessary um and i was just like i feel like they're just kind of trying to wipe the slate clean a little bit because their their products now gone a bit stale sort of thing that was kind of the impression i got and they were just like let's just give it a facelift and put a two in front of it but i don't know the more i look on it i miss i miss overwatch um and i'm actually really looking forward to it and i might i think i'm gonna sign up for the beta i i i definitely like to play it is is the sign up still going on I think like, could I go to that website and sign up? It is, but I, I think it's PC only. I'm afraid to tell you. Oh, is it PC only? Okay, yeah. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I guess I'll just buy a, a, a gaming a PC rig. Yeah, um, that, that seems like a reasonable solution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, man, I'm I'm kind of I'm mildly hyped for it. No, I'm not. I'm not counting down the days. I'm not like crazy excited for it. But like, it's there. I'm aware of it. And I'm looking forward to it. And um, I think it could be pretty cool. And by the sounds of it, you know, assuming these reworks on existing characters and the rosters, which, by the way, the roster for Overwatch is already pretty fantastic. um, And if these reworks really are good and they feel, they make them feel like new characters and new heroes being added. Again, it's so hard to say, like, how many new heroes are coming in Overwatch 2? Or is it literally just going to be like one and then the original roster with some updates sort of thing? We don't know that yet. There could be more than that. Um, so based on the information that's going to come later, I think I'll be more hyped for it. Um, I feel like if they were just to be like, Overwatch 2 is coming out in November and it's got one new hero, four new maps and some reworks, I'd be like, that's a, li- that's a little bit underwhelming. Um, they've had a handful of new heroes, decent reworks, um, and stuff like that. I'm pretty interested in it. I'm quite excited. So you're quite, you're quite like confident that by the time the game, I need more information. Out, right. So, but, but you're like, you for the most part, you're thinking like you, you, you'd want to play Overwatch 2. Yeah. You'd want to buy Overwatch Definitely. 2 when it, when it comes out. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I'm yeah. largely in the same camp because I, I think, you know, it, the thing is, and I guess this is the thing because it's been a while since they've done their last like hero. I, I don't, I can't even remember who the last hero was for Overwatch Two. I know they released that big, big old boy who like floats and he's got like he fondles and balls. And he's like an evil, evil boy. Don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, I think I do. I think I do. Yeah. I don't, don't know his name. Um, I, I feel like he was the last one, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, and that was a while back. That was like two years ago like at least at least two years ago um yeah i feel yeah. so like the fact that and we've heard about overwatch 2 for like years and years and years now uh, like you say there must be quite a lot in the pipeline here and like i think the the new game mode is good because like one of the criticisms i think everybody always had of overwatch is that the game like there was one game mode i, I always actually quite liked that game mode that the, the mix of like the push and capture I thought there were some yeah. capture points. You know, there were some maps that needed tweaking because there were like real choke points that were difficult. But I just, I loved that tension that you got to those points yeah. and you like had to push for every inch, you know. Um, mm. I thought those were good game modes. I'm surprised um, that other games I don't haven't think, picked up I, them, to be honest. Yeah, I don't feel like the game mode ever got stale for me in Overwatch um, at all, to be honest. Not not that Overwatch invented these modes. I'm pretty sure, uh, like, I feel like Team Fortress 2 maybe had something like this. I, I really don't know, but I, I know that Overwatch mm. didn't create this sort of, like, push mode. Um, yeah, payload. Payload, sorry, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and, and the, uh, the in terms of sort of the reworks, I'm not expecting 
I'm not expecting big changes with the reworks. And like, I wouldn't go into this thinking that we're going to see like entirely new characters. I would expect a small change here and there for a few of them. Um, like I remember, I, 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 hopefully someone corrects me if I'm wrong here, but like I was, when I was listening to the, the updates, one of them was talking about one of the updates for Orissa. Um, you loved Orissa, right? And she had that mm-hmm. um, sucky ball. You know, she's on the on left yeah. trigger, I think, and she fired it off and yeah. pulled people in. They were saying, like, they were one of the updates for her is that she now has two of them. Like, on cooldown, she has two. Um, for, like, more more control and, like, to, uh, for, for reasons X, Y, and Z. But, like, I think that's the scale of rework that we're kind of looking at here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I, I don't know how this is relative to other heroes, but it's not like you've got an entirely new kit. It, it's like moderate adjustments to the existing kit and maybe a replacement of a skill on some characters that have it. Um, I think I remember people saying that Doomfist had something a bit larger, like maybe a passive of something. I can't remember what it was. Um, so yeah, I think that's the scale of reworks we're kind of looking at. And like you said, it does depend on the amount of heroes, what we're looking at, like one or two, or are we looking at like an extra four or five? Um, mm-hmm. Ping system is good to hear. Good on respawn for taking the industry in this direction. <laughs> um, yeah, hundred um, percent. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I am dead interested in trying, like, seeing how it goes. Um, it's just, I hope they have something to show for all this time that they've been so radio silent for. Um, yeah, exactly. It's 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 a lot to ask for for people these days, especially if you're coming out with a with a sequel. And you're basically just being like, there's going to be a few new heroes. You've got the original roster with some changes, some new maps, you know, and uh, we, you know, we might give you a single player campaign later down the line, separate, but give me 65 quid. You know, yeah. like, it's just like, you kind of like, Why I don't know, Overwatch, over, yeah, Overwatch 1 was a, was a 50 pound game, but that came with, you know, we, we had zero heroes. And we ended up getting twenty new new heroes no one ever played before. This one is sixty five quid. We got the same heroes plus three or like yeah. two or maybe even one. You know, it's just like the math doesn't quite add up. So I don't know. And that's, that's not. I'm not asking for twenty new heroes on board. It's just not what I'm asking. But like you gotta get you gotta you gotta put some meat on the bones. Um, yeah. And I'm just not sure if they're up to doing that it's just um, yeah it's just like hopefully it's hard, they've thought through they've thought through the value proposition already hopefully they learned from battlefield i'm hoping they learned from battlefield a little bit in what way in terms of just release your game properly release your game with a decent i guess ba- battlefield it wasn't really a content issue it wasn't really a like a it was more it was just a bit jank wasn't it and it was a bit not yeah there's like the design is questionable like some of the designs yeah yeah exactly like no so i guess maybe not but i mean in the sense of it, it was like a multiplayer only game you know they were asking a, a hefty price tag from people and then it just fell short you know that yeah. sort of thing yeah. um but yeah yeah fair enough yeah yeah i, th- I think that's it i think that as long as they need to think about people are just going to be asking like if you're because what you're essentially doing is you're making an overwatch one expansion if you're keeping all the maps, yeah. you're keeping all the heroes, like presumably we can carry our skins forward. Like, you know, that's presumably part of the reason why they're taking this direction. Um, because if not, that's going to raise a lot of other, you know, it's going to ring a lot of uh, other alarm bells. Um, they need to be thinking about, you know, is this, people are just going to be asking, 
why could you not have just made this free updates to Overwatch 1 like you continue to do? And if the answer is, well, money, well, it's like, well, make, you know, you need to think about more monetization, like rather than like selling us the same game with a few extras. Because like they've said that there's going to be like an engine over- overhaul. I remember them saying that way back when they announced Overwatch 2. So it like it looks a lot better. And Overwatch was always kind of timeless anyway, just because its style was so good. Um, but mm. yeah, that's that's the thing that they need to be thinking about. I think that's going to be the one thing that like, really splits people because clearly by the demand it's clearly still very popular it made such a huge splash um and the thing that i think is going to split people is if they're feeling like gypped <laughs> like you know like why am i having to pay again for everything i already own in the, in the original overwatch exactly you know, that that's the problem so yeah I, I am tentatively excited um maybe the blizzard deal will be closed with xbox by the time that rolls around and we won't even have to worry about buying it that'd be pretty rad get it on games pass games um, pass games pass <laughs> everything is games pass so we'll have to wait and see yeah okay supposedly we're looking at uh an e3 event in june and you know what that means huh. we got to get some holiday booked Get the boys down, crack some brewskis, and drink every time they say... Get some bingo going. Get some bingo going, exactly. That's how you do it. It's always a great time. Yeah. Um, Always a great time. And I say E3, but E3 style is what was reported, and this comes from Jeff Grubby Grub over at GameSpeak, um, uh, saying that uh, Microsoft is currently talking to publishers about a June event. Um... But because uh, there was some previous speculation that something was happening in May, but it seems it might be June now. Um, and September is also a month that's come up, maybe a second um, sort of showing or a follow up showing because they, they have done that in the past where they've done like a one two punch of showings, whether it's in, in 2020, they had the May showing and then E3. Uh, <clears throat> 2013, for better or worse, they showed the console and then they had the E3. And I think, did they do something similar last? No, but they have they have done that. That it's like not off the cards, especially with so many mm. things in the back, uh, you know, uh, in the backlog, in the vault, so to speak. Uh, I, I can see them doing that. Um. So yeah, I hope this is true. God damn it! Like I am desperate to hear about all of these games that Xbox have in the works, and we've been speaking about for like months and seen like nothing of. Um, like code names and everything. Like I just, I just want to see kind of what what's cooking now. Um, especially knowing that most of this is going to be coming to Games Pass, it's very easy for me to get excited about stuff that maybe I would kind of shrug at before because it's like oh, I can give it a go, can't I? Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, but I suppose that's that's no real surprise. Um, and the, I guess because there, there, there was something I skimmed over there and it does tie into this a little bit and I'd like to hear what you think about this because um, we have touched on it before but they, they've put up a job listing recently Xbox has around um, hiring for a director of programming uh, by programming I mean like programs and events and this is mm-hmm. the timing of this looks real sus especially with a lot of the community talking about well you know Xbox needs to do more frequent showcases so like I'm interested to hear what you kind of think about the idea of someone coming in to create showcases and also how that contrasts to PlayStation's recent state of play, which was shit. And it's because a lot of people were saying like, don't have to show us something. <laughs> like we didn't need this. Yeah, like we yeah. really didn't need this. So like, you know, I'm, what, what yeah. do you think? 
I mean, it just it just goes to show that maybe they they were thinking, maybe we were thinking along the right lines um, of how Xbox can proceed to to move on and like potentially make their own, I guess, like state of play on Nintendo Directs, you know, because we do lack that a little bit, don't we? Um, and I think the sort of events that happened in the past, as we talked about, like the anniversary event and things like that, they they hit pretty hard. They were actually they were actually pretty cool, and and I think they actually got a lot of attention. And I think that has probably, you know, turned on a light bulb in their heads. And it's just like, yo, why don't we actually, instead of just smashing everything at E3, we can leave the big hitters for E3, but we can have some cool cut-up events. And um, But obviously, <clears throat> like you said, you have to do it within reason because it's good that they're hiring I mean, Sony would have someone like this anyway, I'm sure. They'd have a director of programs and stuff like that. So these, and obviously these issues can still happen. As like you said, their last day of play was kind of trash and it probably didn't need to be done. But hopefully it's the sort of thing where, yeah, we are looking at it and we have like a team dedicated to it and a person dedicated to it, to actually planning these things out, what's going to be shown when and how and, sort of keeping people interested throughout the year rather than these big blocks of silence that we sit in for a long time and then everything and then massive block of silence and then everything again you know so i'm hoping at least that's what he's coming on board he or she is coming on board to do um is to just create this sort of schedule this sort of roadmap this sort of like um and just yeah giving it to us a bit more face value um i think that'd be pretty cool yeah, I think definitely. we need our own little thing. Yeah, I think so too. I think Xbox does does need that thing that's like it has its like brand recognition show that everybody can get excited for. Um, because as much as I've like ragged on State of Play today, I like I like how they handle it. They like drop it. They're like State of Play happening in four days. Tune in, and they're just like, okay, cool. And yeah. like everybody gets excited. Yeah. And then the way that they handle it, they're like, you know, and here's this show, and here's this game, and they, they go through it really well. The format and like the presentation of all of it is like a really good. Same with Nintendo Direct, and it's never something that Xbox has been able to get their heads around. Like they have had inside Xboxes before, but they were always like bad to fine. Like I think the most we ever got out of one was the announcement of Everwild, which w- was cool. But since you know, it feels like maybe that shouldn't have been announced so early because Everworld is now getting a bit of a rework. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, was that really like worth doing in the end? So maybe, maybe I, I kind of feel like they need to like rebrand because inside Xbox has a bit of a bad, you know, connotation. Like it's, people don't think of it as something which is positive, but maybe they would if they did start showing some good stuff and maybe, but just create a different name for that show um, and have one. And I don't know if they want, I think Phil has expressed his desire to like keep E3 season going whenever that does return. Not not this year. Um, so maybe they just need like an E3 show and an Xbox show. You know, um, yeah, and sort of have that roadmap and, and a name that people can can attach to. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they because yeah. they, they use language like e- Xbox and Bethesda showcase before, but it's like what, what are you going to do now? Xbox and Bethesda and Activision and Blizzard and King Showcase. It's like it doesn't quite roll off the tongue, does it? And it so especially with all these publishers, yeah. like there needs to be some sort of brand cohesion, I feel the same so you know, the same way that casual people can see state of play, see Nintendo Direct, and they see that and they get excited and they're like, well, cool. 
Um, Xbox doesn't hasn't quite got there yet, so hopefully, like you said, he or she is able to come up with something that will conceptually be uh, have the same effect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Alrighty, big news, big news. Really, this is probably the biggest news. Everybody's been speaking about it. It's very drama heavy. It's very saucy. It's very juicy. <laughs> um, you probably saw about it around the initiative and around Perfect Dark. Um, I said at the top of the show, um, the director of Perfect Dark has left the initiative. Uh, for those not in the know, the initiative was one of the studios um, that Xbox, well, it's the only studio that Xbox has built from the ground up uh, following its acquisition um, sort of um, episodes since 2018 and onwards. Um, and it was, you know, the initiative was, still is a bit, but was full of like, you know, industry veterans. It was like, you know, God of War developers. It was like taking people from Activision, Rockstar, you know, Rocksteady, mm. um, you know, all of these like amazing studios. Since um, we've heard like reports um, scattered over the last six months and we've spoken about them and we kind of said, no big deal. And, you know, kind of brush it off that like, you know, this director has left or this like design lead has left. And it's been, like people leaving going about and whatever. That's probably no big deal. It seems maybe it might be um, because uh, approximately half of the core team, so the core team, so the team that were like started and were there at the beginning has now left. Yeah. And Damn. it there has been some, like people who are in the know, like journalists and whatever, have reached out to, to, to devs and everything to try and get a bit more information. But before we get there, um, the history of it is essentially that... Um, Drew Drew Murray, a mission. Drew Murray was that his name? I think it is. He was initially from Insomniac, was on Perfect Dark for about a year and a half, and then left. Um, and now, um, Daryl Gallagher, who used to be the lead over at Crystal Dynamics for the Tomb Raider reboot, he's now the lead. Um, he was there since the beginning, but he got promoted to sort of project lead. Um, and and lots of people have since dropped out. Um, since then, and it seems that. The premise, the, the initiative was kind of sold as like this kind of studio that would be a lot more flat. And what I mean by my understanding of that, because this is what other people are saying, not me, people more knowledgeable than I am. I've said that, that what that kind of means is that lots of people have, you know, it's not a typical hierarchy org structure. You know, it's like everybody has developments to how the product is going to be. But it ended up becoming mm-hmm. a lot more pyramid-like uh, and... And so a lot of people have felt that that's not what was kind of sold to them when they joined the studio. And as a result, it's yeah. kind of created a bit of conflict about the direction of where the game should go, how it should be done. And a lot of people have left as a result, which is a bit of a bummer because, you know, you never like to see it, especially when this many people are leaving. Um, and the initiative was never a big studio. It was like always about 17. Presumably they were going to grow it more and more. Um so when we're saying half the team, you know, we're not talking hundreds and hundreds of people, but we are talking a sizable chunk of very talented developers who were in the yeah. Xbox game studios and now aren't, um, which is a, a real shame. Um, uh, you know, and it sounds like there's been some bridges that have kind of been, may have been kind of burnt there a little bit, which is again, real shame. Um, but this kind of explains a little bit, maybe why Crystal Dynamics had ended up coming in. If you remember, you know, they sort of came in uh, towards the end yeah. of last year to help on development and maybe and so this is the crux of the point 
a lot of people have said that because of the way that the initiative was originally supposed to be structured, the way that they wanted to do it was to be like a new way of making games in the sense that they got a small core team together to create the vision, to create the game, and then they hire, you know, contracted contract workers to, to build, to put the meat on the bones, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it seems that, and that's why it's called the initiative, you know, take the initiative, get the, the vets to, to make the product and then bring other people in to like fill it out. Um, but it seems that maybe this, because of the way that this has all gone down, the, st- the studio philosophy has shifted away from that a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So supposedly um, a couple of like journalists who have like reported on it now, I think Jez in particular said that like the, the team that's now left over are, are, are happy with like the direction that the game's taking and everything. So maybe, you know, so, sometimes we, you, this stuff leaks quite late. So this might've been a thing that was happening a year ago. Um, mm. But I suppose everything's okay. But it's just a shame, I think, to see because you know, initiative and the everybody has quite high expectations for this game. You know, it's, it's Xbox Studio that they built from the ground up. It was the one that was like in the job posting that someone put quadruple A at some point by accident, or maybe it was on purpose. I don't know. It wasn't an official statement, but everyone has clung to that and be like, "This is going to be like you know, best game of all time." So hmm. yeah, I don't know, man. What what, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to say um, something like that. Like you said, it could have been a while ago. This could have all simmered down, and things could have, you know, are relatively going to get back on track. But I don't think. I think this sort of stuff it, it leaves it leaves scars on the game. Um, it's it's very nobody is going to come in and pick up a project or hit the ground running or have the same vision that was pictured by you know a a team of staff that were there right from the beginning and then 35 50 percent of this staff has now left like that's it's gonna affect your game like this this game will be probably you know it's it's hard to say considerably worse than what it was intended to be because it's hard to even put a put a sort of uh, a, a value on 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 how that game's gonna look or play or whatever, but like, yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad at the end of the day. And like you said, it's a, it's a real shame that um something like this happened because not not only has it affected the project, but like you said, it's also gotten these people just to move somewhere else outside of Xbox Game Studios and stuff like that. You know, we no longer have these these talented people um working under us um under under xbox and that in itself is is a bit is a bigger hit in the scheme of things um i think so than, yeah. than just one project being left behind but i wouldn't be if this is sort of relatively fresh news and it's not like something that's just leaked late and you know bandages been put over it already and they're kind they're relatively back on track this is the sort of thing which will lead to a delay uh, well, one hundred percent. It's it is it's going to lead to a delay. You can't you don't lose half half of your development staff and then um, get people to come in and pick up where they left off and not have a delay or not have a dip in quality. Like it's just not a thing. Like yeah, that's right. And I, yeah, I, well, you know, I I'm not sure about quality because you know. <sighs> Like they're gonna have time. Like this is a and one of the things that that 
um, some of the uh, not insiders like the informants have said to some of the journalists like some of the devs had said that they were surprised by xbox's patience with how little progress the game had made so like you know mm. it sounds like xbox are being true to their words and saying that they're giving devs time to like, do everything um and I, I you know i think they want this they're well aware that the public perception of this studio is to make something high quality um and I think you're right. At the very least, we're looking at a delay here as a result. I mean, we say delay, like it's not like it had a release date, but like, you know, an internal delay. Um, like if we were thinking 2023, considering the studio got founded in 20, well, announced it was founded in 2018, we were probably looking at a 2023 release. That's probably reasonable. 2024 now wouldn't surprise me. Um, and onwards, yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Um, so, but like like you said, it sounds like it's kind of water under the bridge now, and that this stuff is kind of now running smoothly. But I think you know it's kind of one of those things. I can't imagine how hard it is to like start a new street, like throw a bunch of creatives together and be like make something good. You know, like it's not as easy as that. And you know, they speak having we speak about this all the time. But you know, like work culture isn't something that sometimes comes together really easily. So hopefully they found their footing, and you know, hopefully this future with like crystal dynamics because remember that like, daryl gallagher used to lead crystal dynamics so essentially he's been like <laughs> called up his old buddy well that's what it sounds like you know i'm not trying to reduce it but like he's called up his old buddies and be like do you yeah. want to come work with me i'm like perfect dark it's looking pretty sick um so yeah, yeah um so you know there, there clearly has been some push and pull there hopefully it works out for the better and the right decisions have been made for the final product um but it's a shame there was some mess and like you said ultimately the biggest waste here is that a lot of talented talented people have ended up leaving xbox and might not ever come back um simply because of the the mismanagement there which is which is the biggest hit mm. oh yeah for sure yeah yeah, it's just losing. It's just losing talent for people that could work on future projects and stuff like that. You know, it's yeah, that that sort of stuff in the scheme of things is is the bigger here. Yeah, but yeah, agreed, agreed. Okay, so next up, uh, the Xbox Series outsold PlayStation Five in Europe for the first time uh, last month. Allegedly, this was primarily due to the sales of the Series S um and frankly i i this surprises me this this does surprise me and um, we've kind of spoken about kind of sales uh on the show before and like you know is the series s um you know is is this uh disparity between xbox and playstation narrowing because of the conductor shortage and the fact that people can't get their hands on playstation 5 and are buying series s's early or is it simply because the series s inherently has a wider audience and people that otherwise wouldn't be jumping into the next gen now are buying a series s you know who otherwise don't have a platform prep preference um and it seems hmm. that you know it, it might be a bit of both um the series I s is, is yeah. really doing some some hard work here yeah yeah i think it is a combination of both um i think it's a combination of the whole chip shortage thing because yeah you still can't you still can't buy PlayStation 5s. You still can't buy Series Xs, to be honest. Like, uh, you know, you get the occasional stock in and stuff like that. But And, and, and the S is just that it's, it's a really nice entry point, both in price and power into the next generation. You know, it provides people with that extra boost that the consoles didn't um, to achieve, you know, this next gen gap. Um, 
that we've moved into at a very nice price point that's actually affordable. Um, and yeah, I, I just think all, all, all that combined has definitely is the reason why this has happened. I think. Um, yeah. And yeah, man, if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the S, I think uh, <laughs> I think it would be a very different story. The S is fucking put pulling us along right now. Yeah, I think so too. And I guess you know it, it's all the more um, confounding because you know so far this year Xbox has been dead quiet. So it's like, why, <laughs> why now are people buying yeah. it? And you know, it, it might just be simply because of the fact that you know there's been a lot of positive press about Xbox, despite you know the the kind of reasonably. Um, uh, you know, dry. I, mean, I say dry. You know, things like Elden Ring are still coming out. You know, we still got all these big releases. Are just multiplayer, Dying Light. You know, was pretty big as well. Um, mm. And you know, and people are come, that's coming off the back of the Bethesda acquisition and the Activision. You know, maybe maybe this stuff is like like permeates into the casual audience more than we give it credit for. Because I, I definitely don't feel like I think so. people pick up on this stuff as much but you know news travels fast and wide nowadays so maybe people do just you know they hear that and it's in the back of their mind you know they see a good deal for the series s it's in impulse buy territory like you know 300 dollars mm-hmm. or 250 quid um and they're like well you know they just bought activision for god's sake you know what's gonna happen next you know they're silent now but something's gonna happen soon starfield you know it's coming out at the end of the year with um with the makers of uh elder skyrim which we all play so you know, maybe actually that sort of stuff is having a, a bigger effect than than we give it credit for. Yeah. Uh I think it. Yeah, I actually, I absolutely think it does. As, especially when like news news articles and and stuff like that, they do a good job at generalizing a lot of this stuff as well to sort of help the casual audience. Just like you said, just be like, you know, the news article might just be like Starfield from the people who made Skyrim it's Skyrim in space, you know, it seems stupid to like people like us that know a bit more about the industry, but that generalizes it and sort of sparks that, that thing in like a casual gamer's brain. And then, like you said, it might trigger this impulse buy. it might trigger like them to do a bit more research or something like that and find out, yo, Xbox is looking actually pretty shit hot. You know, maybe my wife won't notice this on the bank statement. It's not that (laughs) expensive. Yeah. Boom, buys it. Yeah, <laughs> done. That's right. Um, I definitely do. And, and just the fact that it's available, right? Uh, when others are, Helps. it's their only option. Um, I think, yeah, I think all of that comes into play and yeah, it's just skyrocketed the sales 100%. Yeah, especially when people... It's, keep... not, it's not just one thing. It, it's multiple things, definitely. Yeah, and especially when people keep hearing about these shortage supplies, you know, the fact that, you know, if your casual person is like, you know, actually, I'd really like to play like um let's say you know elden ring and typically i play on playstation 5 let's have a look online and you know the first article that pops up is like conductor shortage might last until 2024 you're just gonna be like oh fuck this i can get a series s right now i'll get it for you know a couple couple hundred quid and just and just go from there yeah um instead of stalking websites waiting for a fucking ps5 exactly it's not like there's any news that like it's due to end halfway through this year maybe things would be different if that was the feeling but it's that's Mm. not the feeling the feeling is that this is going on for quite a bit longer um Mm. yeah Yeah. either way that's that's great because um there were a lot of people concerned about if this generation would help xbox pick up momentum i mean you should have seen it coming from a mile off because of the amount of investment they've put in first party but um it 
we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. All right. So, um, Halo Infinite. <laughs> That's a video game that happened. I actually um, completed the event pass last week. Go me. Played some tactical SWAT with manglers uh, and pistols. That was pretty fun. And commandos. Um, nice. There is one with stalker rifles as well, but I didn't get a chance to play that. I finished the event. Uh, but I've got to be honest, as soon as I finished it, I stopped playing. Um, but there was some cool stuff mm. there that I, that I did want. Um, so, you know, that's how it goes at the moment. It do be like that. Um, yeah. The news, however, is that it looks like there is a successor to Halo 5's Warzone um, with Battle Royale characteristics in the makes. Uh, this comes from a reasonably reliable leaker um, at Halo Hub GG on Twitter. Um, you know, obviously take this with a pinch of salt, uh, but there's a fairly damning like screenshot here that looks like it's from an internal build with like um, like menu options, um, and it, th- this mode supposedly isn't coming like anytime like very soon, but it seems like there's something in the works. Um, and another leaker. Um, at Serasia 4. Good follow, by the way, if you're into sort of Halo Halo um, leaks and teasers and stuff. Um, was that this this is a thing? Um, so it's we've had it corroborated by a couple of insiders now, which is usually a good um, a good indication. So I'm interested on hearing like your uh, your temperature on on this, like a because there's a, a few you know there's different schools of thought around like the next big thing Halo Infinite should do on its multiplayer side. Not that it's probably anytime soon, but you know whether it should be like about Royale or it should be like you know a war zone or it should be like invasion or maybe a, mi- a weird mixer of the three. So like what where are you what's your temperature on this sort of thing? Uh I think my temperature is is pretty I'm I'm pretty hot for it, man. Um, I'm always up for something new to come into the mix and for something to to potentially change up um, from the standard arena multiplayer for sure. Um, and I've been a fan of the way Halo's introduced these new game modes in the past, like Invasion and what was the other one they did in Five with the requisition and stuff? What was it War called? Warzone. War. Was it? Oh, it literally was Warzone. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just. I feel like they those have all hit pretty nicely for me. I, I feel like I never didn't like those. Invasion especially was great, I thought. Like, I, I've wanted that to come back for so long. It's crazy. Um, so these new, like, innovative game modes that they come up with have always hit pretty well for me. Um, so I'm pretty excited when they say they're, they're working on something like this. And especially if it's like a mix between stuff we've already played and like a battle royale we're big fans of battle royales every everyone is <laughs> everyone who plays an fps does enjoy a battle royale let's be real these days at least um so yeah i mean i think i'm a bit more accepting to it than maybe everyone else um but i'm pretty excited for it man yeah well, i, I mean it's, it's i think it's cool yeah, I mean, it, it's Halo things, isn't it? You know, you're never going to please everyone with these sorts of things. But but generally, from yeah. what I've seen, the reception to the, this, this sort of like rumor or leak is, is generally pretty warm. Um, people don't want like, not everybody wants like a pure Battle Royale, especially because 343 were on record a few years back saying that they're, they're not making a Battle Royale for Infinite. And, you know, I, I know things change, but whatever. Um, and... So, so yeah, I think one of the bigger things a lot of the, the content creators, like influencers, have been saying is that there's, there's like not 
a casual mode for Infinite. I mean, I, I'm not sure I entirely agree because I, I find uh, Big Team Battle to be quite casual, but a lot of people feel that it's, it's just like sweaty all the time, which is fine. And I think like this would be that kind of really casual, get your friends together, do some crazy Halo stuff kind of mode. Um, yeah. And so this might be the thing that Certain Affinity is working on. We spoke about a while back about the Certain Affinity lending a helping hand on, on a Halo Infinite, a big Halo Infinite mode. Um, so hopefully, you know, what I would like to see is, I you know, keep saying it, I want Halo Infinite to hit like an actual cadence of like content and, and you know, have that roadmap out so we can be secure in knowing where the game's going to be at. And then maybe at the end of the year or halfway through next year for the one year anniversary, bang, you know, here's a, a big new mode to get excited about. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously the way that this all ends up interacting with custom modes and forge is, you know, kind of mind blowing at this point, but um, yeah, this is cool. And then, I, you know what? I see stuff like this all the time. There's, they're, they're up to so much stuff three four three. I see so much stuff. That's like, there's like stuff in the files, like just sitting there. And I'm like curious as to what the plan is. Like, if, if it's cut or if like something is going to happen with it or like stuff that's i've seen like seven map prototypes where like all the geometry is done it just needs te- texture working and it's like is that like that must be on the map so whatever anyway that it's yeah that's what once we're in that cadence i'll, I'll be excited to see where that this new mode fits into that into that roadmap um yeah yeah for sure but unfortunately for you this isn't all i've got on halo infinite uh, oh yeah, I know. So coming from again, Serasia, um, he, I think it's he or she, they uh, said that there is something, there is, there's other, there's something else big happening with Halo um, that they won't talk about. And the quote they used was something more dot 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 tacticsy. Um, and then it turned out because they said this in reply to the channel i just said halo hub and when they then said it was about Warzone, they were like ah yeah that was that's not what i was talking about <laughs> and so then they said uh, did i just accidentally reveal some e3 stuff i'll go into hiding um and <laughs> like they've been very consistent and good with like um or like on the nose on the mark should i say with um like predictions and leaks and rumors um again pinch of salt but like it got me thinking like, as soon as they said that i was like halo xcom <laughs> Halo XCOM, I'd take yeah. it. <laughs> That'd be Actually, sick. Yeah, but I mean, but like that's something else. Like you said, from like they they wouldn't bake that into Halo Infinite, would they? No, it no, but they, thing. no. Yeah, no. I was about to say. Yeah, it was, it was just something Halo related that they were talking about. Oh, yeah, but that yeah, a Halo yeah, a Halo sort of tactics game like XCOM or Gears Tactics, exactly. <laughs> tactics e um that would be so cool and i think we can all safely say that you know the transition into that genre can be done with gears tactics because they did a pretty pretty damn good job with it um and halo's universe is well hell i might get some hay for this but it's more expansive than gears at least i think no it is <laughs> it definitely of, is <laughs> of what you can do with it yeah it definitely is um so yeah that would be pretty fucking cool i'm not gonna lie yeah Yeah, that would be sick yeah i agree i agree and actually do you know what that reminds me um the the tv show is coming out like next week isn't it the halo tv show oh is it next week yeah it's like next week there's been like previews 
people have put out like the press have seen the first two episodes and there's been like previews and reviews and of those episodes um is it all launching at once or is it week by week oh i don't know actually don't know because i need to get my uh month free of paramount plus or what what normally they do like a week free or a month free on these streaming platforms games pass um, are giving away a month that. free um for paramount plus. oh okay oh nice well, there you go done there you go easy clap uh watch it yeah it, it sounds it sounds like most people are kind of meh to good on it um like the, I think GameSpot gave it an eight, which is like on the higher end of scores I've seen, which is obviously good, really, really good. Um, uh, other people are like less hot on it and are like down the sort of sixes. Um, it's on like a sixty-five on like Metacritic or something, and for TV shows, that's like kind of good. It's not, it's not bad. It's like lukewarm, um, which for like the, which is honestly not that bad. <laughs> but it, it's a lot of people have gotten a huff about it because one of the show writers has said like oh we didn't really look at the games to like when we write the show um we didn't really like draw from the games and a lot of people you know were having a bit of a fit about that yeah which i was like well like it's guys it's not like it's not like shows or movies like based on games have ever had a good history you know exactly like two examples i can think of like the witcher and arcane are not like direct clones of the games you know they're based off yeah. other material and which is based off the book i know the game's yeah. based off the book but you, you know it's, it's still it's, a lot of people criticize the difference between the games and the book so there is a big cavern there so yeah. they come off other materials and the, that's important because like games are good not just because of the way something is told on on paper you know yeah. um, it's a di- it's a different industry just 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 let them work their magic just let them take some material some some source material whatever like i feel like games that i mean uh, sorry tv series and movies to try and relate too much to the games it becomes painfully obvious and it fucking it becomes some weird hybrid and it's just crap it just doesn't work exactly. so just like it's a different industry just give them some lore and let them work with it like let them have their own spin-off on it it doesn't need to take from the games you know yeah. they know how to make a they know how to make a tv series they don't know how to make a game so it's just let them make a tv series yeah i agree and uh, allegedly it was supposedly pablo shriver is, is um one of the standout um characters the guy who plays chief and um, which is good to hear because i was you know it, the, the direction they have gone with chief is quite different i'm not opposed to it but it's like you know he will take his mask off he's uh, got a different voice than he does in the games. Uh, I'm blanking on on the guy's name that does it in game, um, but you know apparently he, he does a good job and it's a good fit. So I'm I'm happy to hear that. And it, it, it like aesthetically looks like really good. Not only is it like high budget, but all the costume design is like like there's no right to be that good. <laughs> like um, so at, at least it's at least it will look good if if nothing else. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to watch it at some point. So we'll have to see how it yeah. how it does. Yeah. Alrighty, we're coming up to our final two stories for today because um, we are com- coming on coming up to sort of two hours and twenty minutes here. Um, that's just how it goes, um, unfortunately. Um, so the first thing is that there was a new Starfield video um, called "Made for Wanderers," and to give you the too long didn't read, it was sort of a, a sit down with the lead devs um, with God Howard at the table as well. And some of the important things they said is that there's it's very much like old school hardcore RPG. You know, that makes me think of like Outer Worlds was very much down that route of, of, of the hardcore mm-hmm. RPG with like, you know, pick your background, pick your class, pick your, you know, 
a lot of Bethesda games have done that, but they, a lot of people criticise Fallout 4 for dumbing that down a little bit. Um, so it's like back to that a little bit, which fine by me. There's a lot of tech based mm-hmm. on real-world scanning and photogrammetry as well. I know Hellblade 2 has done a lot of real-world scanning, which is what makes that game so damn good. Looks so good. Yep. So goddamn good. Uh, there was also like a, a very short, maybe like four or five second snippet of what looked like in-game... Um, I'm not going to say gameplay, but it was like in-game stuff. Um, one of the companions, which was like one of the robots, and it, it looked very good. looked very nice. Hard to say how the game's going to turn out visually because it's... Um, it's a Bethesda game, but it is next gen only. So it's like, I really can't like get my head around how this game is going to look <laughs> because like, I think there are going to be cross gen games that are going to look better than this game, despite it being next gen um, on like a detail level, you know, um, look, yeah, I think horizon yeah, forbidden West so. is, yeah, it's going to look better than Starfield. <laughs> um, I think so. On like a detail level. So, you know, but we'll have to see. Um, they spoke about a number of factions they spoke about one called the United Colony uh, which is like a future space republic but idealised they spoke about the Freestar Collective which is like your space western fantasy out on the frontier they spoke about Ryuchin Industries which is like corp life, you know, like space corp Um, and then they spoke about the Crimson Fleet who were like the space pirates just as like a handful of some of the factions there sounds pretty sick Um, sounds great one of the other things they spoke about is kind of like how the morality intertwines with some of these factions. So, for example, wanting to be good but joining the bad faction like the pirates. You know, so for a, you know, example like in Skyrim, it was quite hard to be like morally aligned good, but then go and do like the Dark Brotherhood and start killing. Like you had to kill someone, didn't you? To um, yeah, to like actually join it in like Oblivion or maybe Skyrim as well. I can't remember. Um, so they were saying that they've tried to work these systems together in that you can join a bad faction like the pirates by being an informant for the, you know, like the space police uh, to still experience the storyline, but you become a, um, an informant. So I, I thought quite, quite a nice bit of thinking there. Um, hopefully it's not as black and white as that. You know, <laughs> Be good, but join bad. Um, but yeah. yeah. We'll have to see. Um, they said that they've updated like the conversation and like the persuasion system that they've been using, and they've essentially been using the same one since Oblivion um, across Fallout Three, Four, and Skyrim as well. When that's kind of been updated to make it feel organic. Uh, and lastly, they said they want the player to ask, "Why are we all here, and what's next for humanity?" Wow, metaphysical. I just want to fly into a black hole. Um, if I can't fly into a black hole, I have like an interstellar moment where I fall through like the tesseract you know i'm gonna be sad yeah. <laughs> oh yeah i mean i'll uninstall and i'll give it a terrible user score yeah. on metacritic yeah oh, oh two um, at least yeah at least um so, but yeah no it all sounds really cool really positive um yeah sounds really great what's like is, uh definitely Sorry, I was, I was just going to ask you, like, what's like the one thing that you're looking to that you want to see from Starfield that, that that's going to get you excited? Is it like visuals um, or gameplay or like skill tree? Like, how what is it for you? Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, for me, it's I would like to see some skill tree stuff. I think it would be interesting to know how the combat's going to play out, um, and like. Will it be? I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Sort of how, like, like, will they go for a similar system to like Fallout, 
or something like that? Or would they go like, again, something similar to Skyrim where it's based on whatever you're using, you sort of level up and become more experienced with it as you go. But then it's, there's a, it's a lot less dense, I think, when it comes to that, because I feel like there's just kind of guns and that'll be it in Starfield. Like, I can't imagine in that sort of timeline and this sort of era, like hand-to-hand combat, one-handed, two-handed, you know, that sort of stuff. That's not mm. really going to be a thing. It's it's kind of going to be more Fallout-y, shooty kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be quite quite interesting to see all of that come into play. And, um, and for me, just like equipment as well. I think it'll be really in- in- interesting to just see how, like, like what you can do with your ship um, and like what kind of like cool, like high tech stuff you can use. Like, like if you get on a planet and you land on a planet, can you just throw like a fucking cube down that will like scan the fucking planet for you <laughs> and give you like, or j- just something like that. Some like cool, like high tech gear. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that would be really cool for me. Uh, and then factions like, ge- like genuinely, I'm not just saying that because it's there. They do I some bloody good factions. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love that sort of stuff in 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 Bethesda games. Like, like doing Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood was some of my favorite memories in Skyrim over the main story. Um, so that that sort of stuff is really important to me as well. So yeah, um, yeah. I'd say I'd say that that sort of stuff is what I want to see and what I'm kind of looking forward to the most. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's interesting to hear. And I, I, what I can like what I can tell you is that because I remember we've spoken about like leaks in the past from Starfield, and one of the big leaks matched up pretty well to some of what they've been speaking about here, like word for word, some of the factions. So yeah. there's like a degree of like validity to it there. And one of the things that they said, obviously, don't know if it's true or not, but the the leak matched up reasonably well around the leveling is that it has organic leveling like skyrim again like don't know how that works how are we gonna are we gonna have a skill system like that's as dense as skyrim like two-handed one hand like what like sneak like what are the things gonna be here um you know what are the skill trees gonna be in this grounded like sci-fi nasa punk setting so um Mm. so allegedly organic leveling and the second thing is that any sort of like the like the powers, quote unquote, are going to be more biotech, and they compared it to like prey, which, oh. which made me raise an eyebrow because I thought actually as prey unravels, some of the powers actually got very cool and very interesting, and you can imagine like, oh yeah, you know, like a like a fringe faction on Earth, like reasonably far in the future, are like just getting into that like kind of cyberpunk like level of technology where there's like those kind of biotech augments. You can imagine going to another planet where actually they fucking eat like magical squids and they give you squiddy powers, you know? Like things like that, you know. Dude. That's incredible. Yeah, thank you. Or like you <laughs> bathe or like you bathe in the fucking cosmic light of the nearby moon strongly. And that gives you moon powers, you know? Moon Knight. Become Moon Knight. I don't think that's biotech, though, now that I think about it. <laughs> that's just straight magic. <laughs> that's like moon magic. It's just, a, yeah. it's just a really fucking cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's what um, it is. So, yeah, I think like that's... But, like, I agree. It's, like, it's hard to imagine. As much as, like, I understand that as a system, it's like, yeah, but still, like, how does that... Like how? What are my biotech powers here? Like what? What am I? Like you said, like what's the weapon, equipment? Like am I just shooting guns? Do I, am I going to have like a 
a taser stick? Am I going to have a machete? Like, like, do things get more exciting than that? You'd hope so. It's just, I think yeah. it's hard to put into image, like uh, pictures. And I, and I think that's what makes Starfield quite an anomaly in that it, it is in a bit of a interesting space. You know, like Outer Worlds is like kind of fantasy sci-fi where it's like a bit wacky. It plays loose and fast with its own rules so you can kind of do shit. Um, and as a result, you know, you have plasma guns and you have normal guns and you've got like electric shit and there are like crazy melee weapons mm-hmm. starfield's not as much like that and it seems to be a bit more grounded um so it's just like how are we going to get to the point where i can have exciting magic equivalent powers if that even is what they're trying to do you know i think that's it's hard to imagine until i see it yeah yeah no i agree that's why i found it quite tough to put into words when i was trying to explain it yeah um but yeah yeah no definitely that's right Lovely. Okay, that's Sky. Uh, not Skyrim. That's Starfield. And moving on to our last story, then, <laughs> uh, is around Moon Studios, developers of Ori. This is annoying. Yeah, this is really annoying. Yeah, um, that it's come out that the two leads of of the uh, the co founders of the studios have been have been not very nice, Tim. They've they've not been very nice in the past, um, building a toxic work environment. Um, frequently making inappropriate comments, refusing to provide positive feedback or encouragement and more. Um, and some people have since piped up on Twitter and or sent, you know, anonymous mess- messages to journalists and, you know, verified themselves or whatever, saying, you know, like mm-hmm. all of it was done in the name of like creativity or like creative quality and like, you know, putting people through horrible work conditions and like borderline abuse wasn't a word that was used i think that there was a line that was drawn there but it was like really horrible really toxic like name calling like one of the screenshots that i saw that was happening in the discord group that have since been published was like no bit from one of the co-founders nobody cares about your opinion and then another one you're retarded <laughs> Like this is not this is not work environment Whoa. kind of like yeah, <laughs> language is it okay, dude. Uh, yeah which is just so it's just annoying because obviously like Ori is such a um like Where the Wisps is one of my favorite games ever and you know it, it's a story about like empathy and like care and um like friendship mm. and it's just like it was sad. <laughs> It's sad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you hate to see it, man. Um, it's just, I don't know. There's not really much more you can say. Obviously, we just they just need to. It's good that it's being brought out into the light, and it's good that you know now it will change, hopefully. And um, and I think this, this sort of stuff with with what's happened with Blizzard in the past and everything like that, I think it's kind of giving people the courage to speak up a little bit more and stuff like that and actually realize you know maybe prior to this they didn't even realize when they and then they were just like holy shit like oh this environment is really bad it's like we should do something about this we should we should like yeah contact someone and get something sorted here but they were just dealing with it um up until now um yeah and yeah man it sucks because they make great games but you know hopefully we'll just find out the culprits of this trim it down whip them back into shape and well <laughs> let's not say that not okay <laughs> don't whip anyone but you you kind of know what i mean yeah. um it's just it's just good that it's coming out it's bad that it's coming out but it's good as well you know 
Yeah, um, agreed. Uh, like supposedly it's a bit better now than it used to be, and like some steps have been taken to try and alleviate those issues. But like supposedly this was a big reason why Xbox stopped working with Moon Studios. Um, you know, and because some of the staff that Xbox were lending were just not being treated well. And they, you know, Moon Studios ended up burning bridges, um, which is a, like a fucking shame because like I've said, I've said on the show, like I would love it if Xbox, like if, if there were to be acquisitions that happened, Moon Studios seems like a perfect like fit. You know, they're an up and coming studio. They've delivered two critically acclaimed hits. Um, they're remote, so it would be reasonably easy to do, I assume. Um, and, you know, their next game is supposedly like an action RPG rpg like diablo like which it's gonna slap because these the, 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 the clearly the team they've put together are like really good developers but like mm. this this sort of treatment and communication it's not only gonna push people away it's just it's just shit because like we've we've all worked in environments where someone is just not nice and it like it festers and it lingers and it's just it, it it's really horrible. isn't it's not worth it um you know nobody deserves to be to, to be treated like that um and i think it, there is this problem of kind of like a create like an overly creative team like there was this kind of thought that um that the team didn't need like an or like like middle management do you know what I mean? And it, which is funny because obviously like the, the popular thing is that everybody hates middle management, you know, oh, well, I'm a line manager, you know, but sometimes those are, those are kind of stop guards to prevent this shit from happening because the person who's literally the founder of the company is like, you know, calling you slurs and shit. It's like, well, yeah. maybe someone who isn't a prick, like who actually has social skills can, can like communicate this to me. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think acknowledging limitations sometimes, um, acknowledging that maybe you are a creatively minded person who's good at producing and publishing and, and designing, but maybe you need to lend the, you know, give this role to someone else, allow someone else to communicate this down, down the hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, these sort of roles, it's it's different. Yeah, there's there's, there's managing a project and then there's managing people. Um, they're, they're they're very different things. Um, and they require different personalities and different skills and stuff like that. So, you know, it is a lot of companies do have someone dedicated solely to just managing people, right? I mean, a lot of That's people right. see it as a HR department and stuff like that, but yeah. Um, for reasons like this, you know, that they can, they can get positive feedback and stuff like that from their managers, from the technical standpoint, and then they can sort of deliver it to them in a more humane way rather than just an idiot being like, I don't have time for your shit because (laughs) the people in charge, let's be honest, they're probably under a crunch period, a lot of pressure as well. So these things, they might not mean in that way, but they're just like, fucking shut up i don't care about your opinion just just get it done sort of thing because they're under so much pressure too and you can alleviate that pressure if you just get someone else to look after people right and then just yeah i don't know yeah there are ways that you can alleviate pressure off everybody yeah it sounds like they had real issues you know whether that was caused by um you know work related stress or performance stress from the founders 
or not you know it's it's still it's still obviously not okay and like what because like one of the other stories i'm just remembering now that i saw was another woman i say another woman it wasn't all women who had spoken up but there, there was one of the women said that during um her interview for moon studios um she was like interrogated about if she's going to be having a baby um and one of the friends who already worked at the studio said that the person who was interviewing her, one of the founders, presumably, said, I'm not going to bring her on just, just to pay her maternity. And it's like, this is like, supposedly the headquarters is in, um, I think, Austria, um, even though it's a remote studio, like I said, so people work remotely around the world. Um, that's illegal here in the UK um, for obvious reasons. It's, yeah. it's gender discrimination. Um so yeah, it's not a good look. You know, it's maybe not on the same severity as some of the other things that we've had. We've had the misfortune to have to speak about, um, but it's just not. It's not nice. And you know, I, I really, I particularly empathise with this, not just because I love Ori as an IP and and those stories and those games, but like I work purely remotely as well, and I'm I'm like I've built up a thick skin, but like I am quite. I have found myself being in positions where I have been like very stressed and oversensitive to emails simply because you don't get the same tonality and you know, you don't get the same vibe that yeah. you get when you speak into someone, you read an email and you're like, this is it. I'm fired. They're going to report me. I'm going to have my house like raided, you know, yeah. and literally the email just says like, have a nice day, you know? So it, it's, I, I empathize with this kind of, you can have horrible emails, but, for somehow it's even worse when it's just words on a screen you know yeah yeah i totally yeah i totally see that 100 percent. yeah and i've had experience in that myself so yeah yeah, yeah. definitely all right well i mean best luck to to the team there hopefully everybody who's not happy has managed to sort of move on and hopefully hopefully you know the steps are being taken to make sure this is a, a more reasonable work environment um because clearly they are a talented team um and they don't need another studio. I don't. They don't need another report like this, sort of derailing their their work at the cost, especially if it's at the cost of other other employees. Um, yeah. But other than that, that does it for the news today. I'm sorry that it's been so long. If you've managed to stick around to the end, you're a goddamn legend. <laughs> um, this this might actually be the long, the longest one we've done yet. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but that's how it is. Um, so. Tim, any closing thoughts for today before we head off and come back next week with uh, Wonderlands, hopefully? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, 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 no closing thoughts from me. But yeah, obviously looking forward to talking about that next week. And what was that? What was the other thing coming out as well? There was something else coming out. Something else coming out. What What was it? Like this week? Right at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. Something else this week as well. Not that we'll... Oh, Ghostwire. It'll be interesting to talk about Ghostwire as well next week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, we won't be playing that because... But, you know, we don't have PS5s. But, (laughs) um, yeah, it'll be interesting to talk about. And, uh, yeah. But apart from that, no. it's It's been a pleasure. Lovely. All right, Ron. Well, thanks for sticking around today. Um, if you have anything to t- say, anything to tell us, maybe we got something wrong, let us know in the comments. Um, probably did. Probably did. We usually do. Um, but we will catch you next week. Hope you have a lovely week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 